12. It's just that fastly a movie. I like to go get a piece of pie and talk about it. It's sort of a little tradition I have. Do you like to get pie after you see a good movie? Hello and welcome to the 134th episode of another movie podcast. Change it up a little bit there. Um, my name is Oscar, and with me today is... Ralph. I yeah. love that moment of pause. It's just so great. You you love awkward pauses. People don't well, like those things. but um, I do that at work all the time. Yeah, well, it doesn't, doesn't work as well in a podcast, I would wager, since this is a one-sided conversation. It does work better when you're doing direct eye contact with them. Well, yeah, and but we, then, not, this is sorry. audio medium. No, I know that. But I think they felt the, the, the presence of direct eye contact. Oh, did they, they, they? Is that what they felt? That's what I was looking for. This is, uh, like I said before, this is episode 134. And the reason I did that intro weirdly is because this week I had to do the intro for the other show I do. And that's how we opened them. Oh, did you? And I practiced a few times because I was soloing it. Oh, and shit. It was a weird, it's a weird situation. And I did yeah. that and I practiced many times. So when I started this, I just went with it. And I just mm. said it the way I did. So that anyway. No, no turning back now, uh, family. All right. Anyway, today's episode, we're going to review three films as usual. Those three films are going to be what Roth picked. Um, and they're good movies, I would say. It's a good little little roster here. We review, we're going to review The Suicide Squad, the new one, obviously, uh, currently in theaters and on HBO Max. We're going to also review the only one in theaters right now that's only there, uh, The Green Knight from A24. And... We're going to conclude our show with a review of Drive that is marking its 10th anniversary this year. 10 years Drive came out by Nicholas Winden Reffin. You can always follow this show and all of our other shows at otherpodcast.com. There's actually a weird problem with that. I've been updating, you know, our website, every new show with all the pictures and the descriptions and all that stuff, you know, uh-huh. Pretty, and obviously our latest um, marathon we just went through, you know, the one, the revisiting the triple marathon we did. Um, but, you know, I realized, uh, what was it, two days ago, that there's some weird problem, and it has been a problem for two shows now where it's not updating it, even though it tells me it's updated. So I would go to the website, and the last show is not on there. Oh. Um, even though it's on the, it's on iTunes and stuff, people can still listen to our show. Oh. It's just that not through our website. Well, so I don't something's think wrong with our website. Uh, right, because you don't, right. And I, I, that's how I know it's downloading fine, because I just check my right. <laughs> iTunes, right? Uh, anyway, it's been a weird thing. I'm, I'm right now currently waiting to hear feedback on their okay. support. But anyway, so it's a little problem. But anyway, check it there regardless, because all of our episodes will be there, if um, and definitely the ones before the last two. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Ralph, how you been? Uh, tired. Tired. Yeah, I've been working. Ooh, like, different uh, shifts overall. Hmm. Like, uh, one of my days off, staying late. Both of my days off, um, and then I've been doing a lot on my days, like on the days. So like I jam pack those days. So, like I'll work on my day off, but then I'll be off the next day. So I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm totally not busy the rest of the day. So I'll plan like a whole thing, and I'll be like exhausted because yeah. you know I'm an idiot. So besides <laughs> that, um, uh, had a where are we in this? Uh, had Leo's we're birthday. in August, mid August, right? Had Leo's Does birthday. Yeah. Um, so celebrated that not too long ago. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Two pinatas just, I held in one month or in the span of one month. In a span of one month, second, but yeah, not the same <laughs> month, but yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it's just been, you know, trying to enjoy the summer. Uh, 
You mean the extra hot summer? It does feel extra hot. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's me, but it's definitely feeling extra hot. No, it does. Like, it's funny because uh, I've been seeing posts like on my Facebook feed about, like, if you're complaining about the heat, don't forget we have this winter coming up, and it's like this big pile of snow, and I'm like, that just looks so cool. And I'm, like, <laughs> just, like, I'm like, yeah, that looks great. Like, I can wear a hoodie. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, right. and, well, it's funny because I still wear a jacket at work, like, 80% of the time, because it's like bipolar as hell. You mm-hmm. go to work and it's like AC full blast and it's like 60 degrees and you're like, dude, it's cold. Um, but right. then it's like, you'll have like pockets of areas and you'll be like, it's hot. Then take this jacket off. It's like so random. So I was just like, I was just take it. Yeah. I have to uh, find the urge to, to leave the fucker, you know, AC running all the time. I don't want to do that. I don't even do I. It's been a big, big battle over here in the house as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but besides that, I mean, I've been watching sports galore and uh, like, you know, I've been just trying to enjoy as much as possible summer in general, uh, at home watching TV or whatever, but at the same time going out, you know? Yeah. So hard balance. That's, that's me too, except for the going out part. Although I have been, uh, walking around more, you know, by myself. It's been fun. Uh, oh, yeah? that sounds a little sad. Anyway, moving on from that point, um, <laughs> I've been playing this game called Returnal, which I may have mentioned on a previous show and, uh, I've been getting some strides in there and play a little bit every night here and there. Sometimes I do overdo it. Um, and yes, I've, I've gotten used to doing this thing where like the game is a rogue roguelike game. And, um, I've never played many of them. I played like a handful, like three or four of my entire life. And, um, this is my favorite of, out of the, you know, the few, I would say it's a lot of fun, very sci-fi, very like, um, thought driven like it makes you really think about the nature of things kind of thing kind of cool story um but uh, i finally either i mean i think i beat the game already but <laughs> but you never know you know and uh i think i made it to my second game ending and i'm wondering what the third one if there is another one mm, what that looks like i understand yeah I guess I am being a little vague also. Um, you are, yeah, yeah. What trying to Because I don't want to, I mean, I'm not doing a game review either. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been doing that. And um, and watching, this has also been for fun. Like, while I eat and stuff, or while I um, uh, eat or doing a project, maybe cleaning. You know, if I'm cleaning, like, in the same little area, right? Mm-hmm. What I've been watching is um, Disney Plus has this thing where they, uh, they put, in timeline order, the Marvel movies, right? Um, like into as as the order that it happened in the time frame, not as in when they were released. And I've been slowly picking away at it, and I I'm at the point now where um, <laughs> I just uh, I recently finished uh, Captain America: Civil War, right? Where they introduced Spider Man or the latest Tom Holland one, and then I realized like, oh shit, I forgot they don't own. The Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home or what's the other one? Yeah, Far From Home, right? Yeah. They don't... Oh, like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah, it's Sony. Right, it's Sony. Right, they let them borrow the character and in a weird way it works out somehow. Um, like, so I got... I went on iTunes and I... For $20, I bought both of them as a two-pack thing. Oh, okay. I just, nice. just did it. Because I'm like, I'm not going to break the streak and, and go to the next movie. Um, which is all enough Black Panther... Oh, not Black Panther. Uh, it was a Black Widow. And mm. then it would be Black Panther. So they're both black movies. That's really funny going back to back. And in and, uh, and the, and the Disney Plus app. Anyway, whatever. I saw Black Widow. And then I saw Spider-Man. I'm like, great. Now I can go on to Black Panther. 
but yes, it's been a little fun doing that. Um, other than that, I've been watching a few new things, but not mainly a lot of old things, just in chilling mood of watching stuff and thinking of my next projects to do. And I'm doing this massive reason. You have no idea, Rock. All the reading I've been kind of forcing myself to do because some of it I don't want to do. Most of it I do, but some of it I don't want to do uh, for this insane. Tr- I think it might be a trilogy of episodes um, for the SOS show. I don't know if, oh, okay. um, if you listen to any recent. I was about to say, I was like, why are you forcing yourself? And then you just. Answer well, no, it's just, I mean, I don't have to do anything. No, I don't. Yeah. But. You want to do a good job, though. Right. And that's, that's just me and my anxiety and working mm-hmm. me to do it, right? It's not, you know, has nothing to do with any real real life stakes or anything like that. Um, but man, it is insane. Um, you should, I, I wish I could just tell you all night right now what, what I've been finding out about our, about our government and weird things happening in the eighties and shit. It's insane. Um, anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, as usual, there's around the time where we get into some recent discoveries where we talk about, well, obviously what we've been watching recently. Raf, you have actually a good list here, meaning you have more than one. So that's funny. I uh, when I was making the list, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I, I got at least like three movies, and I was like, holy fuck, I, was, I think I have like five. I was like, jeez, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be crazy. I think I was just gonna say something because <laughs> I usually go. I was like, actually, the same thing. I was like, my list is usually like, I saw nothing. I saw sports and the movies that uh, I watch for the for the show. Right, the bare minimum is the, the three movies the, we're reviewing. The bare minimum, right? Exactly, <laughs> and barely that. I'm like sometimes I'll be like, I just finished that last movie ten minutes ago. Right, let's get right. It. right, right, right. So it's very much that's you as is, but. This time around, I guess it was one of those oh, weeks, I guess, or two weeks. Um, yeah, don't you ever did you did you feel at all like the the uh, compelled to like spread it out more? <laughs> <laughs> so you know what's funny is that uh, two of the movies uh-huh. I saw on my phone, um, which I never thought I would do because I don't really care to watch movies on my phone. It literally has I've had zero interest, but those were the type of movies that worked out with my headphones and like just kind of like watching it on there it just made more sense uh it ended up working that way um it just mm-hmm. like it was a transition of i was watching it on the tv and then i was like i shouldn't watch this around the kid and then it just worked on my phone and i was like oh look it works great yeah um and then the rest was just i mean i told myself i was watching more french cinema so we have a little bit more of that i told myself uh, and then just you know random little things that just came across my way mm-hmm. yeah happened to work out so we're gonna start off with um Field of Dreams. I've seen the movie before, so but it's been a minute. Um, I didn't even really remember the whole movie, but the reason I saw it was because uh, just recently in baseball, um, sports, of course, go figure, um, the Field of Dreams game just happened, which was just literally this past week, um, which means uh, in Iowa, where they had the, the field built and the house and the set and everything, um, they, they made a baseball game um, over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the same exact field. They built another field, regulation size, um, but literally like I don't know, a couple hundred feet away from it. Um, and uh, they built a bigger one with uh, with actual seating, uh, but it's only it's still you're sh- you're hitting the ball into a field. Um, okay. Just, all the people are behind you in just like the dugout, the dugout area um, behind the teams, and then right behind um, home plate. So basically, very little take, very little seats compared to what a normal stadium would fit for baseball um meaning a lot more expensive <laughs> yeah so uh, uh since it's limited right and it's um 
the White Sox, because obviously the White Sox, because of uh, Shulistro and the eight players that were banned, right? From the movie, if you remember any of it. Um, uh, I mean, parts, I guess. Not the whole thing, for sure. It's been a while. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's the White Sox, and then the, they made the Yankees. And I picked the Yankees because even though in the in the Field Dreams movie, everybody played, like people from the Red Sox, Dodgers, all those people played. But um, mm-hmm. uh, they picked the Yankees because uh, the, the father of Kevin Costner in the movie was in the Yankees when he played. Um, so those are the two teams, and uh, they had a great game. I mean, I stayed up <laughs> fucking horrible day after at work, because I think I stayed up really late watching the, fight, uh, the game. Yeah, yeah, Great game, great game. Because just fucking dingers all day with all home runs. Because it's such a, it's a... It feels like a smaller field, but since the wall is lower, there's no... I'm not hitting anything. Just everything went to the cornfield. So like people were hitting home runs. <laughs> it was a great game to watch. Just uh, overall for a sports fan, uh, but that made me watch the game. Let me watch the movie. The movie's great. Obviously, let's not talk about the, the game. Um, the movie was uh, still just a great movie about basically a father and son and how the the son just doesn't have uh, what's it called um, uh, has a bigger issue with himself about um, how he left everything with his dad. You know, and you know it's it's, it's all about that movie. Um, Great, great movie. One of the best sports movies, I guess, out there that has to do about sports, but it isn't. It's like the main background thing going on, right? It is um, a unique thing, yes. It's a very unique movie. Kevin Costner does a great job. Um, so does uh, uh, Ray Liotta, James Earl Jones. Um, so yeah, and it's uh, it's it's a, I mean, it's, a it's a great little movie. Um, Amy Madigan, who plays the wife, mm-hmm. uh, great great movie, great movie. There's just one scene though that made me. Um, like would not fly uh, <laughs> this day and age uh, where uh, the daughter gets like pushed off the stands. Like that's like a couple, whatever she falls and she's like basically dead or she's choking or something happens. And the, the guy who pushes her, like, cause they're fighting, right. Um, after she's okay and everything, the guy that pushes her, they just like, let it go. Like, Oh, it's just okay. Like no one ever argues about like, you push my daughter you did this. No one punches the guy. No one gets a butt hurt yeah. about dude, like nothing like that. It was like a weird interaction of just like ah, it's like it's just kids are gonna be kids. It was just an accident kind of thing. No one even like addresses it. And it was like a really weird like you're not gonna say anything. Like how do you not? Say, I know it's your brother in law technically. I go but like how do you not say anything? Like, it so it was like, so weird. The guy's not even apologizing. It was just like a weird little interaction that felt it took me out of the movie. It was really towards the end of the movie because it felt like. Even though the whole movie's unbelievable, because you know it's ghosts coming through <laughs> to play in a field, yeah. uh, it just felt really weird. Uh, and that shit would like zero. That would be like a, probably the, the biggest part of the movie in this day and age. Um, so that's Field of Dreams. Great movie. Watch it, especially if you have dad issues and you're a dad or a son. Um, that being said, Oscar's been watching horror movies, so he's like, "You should watch horror movies." <laughs> Um, so I started watching horror movies because, you know, Oscar's been saying shit. I guess I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole section of it last time. Um, so I started watching the Fear Street movies. I saw part one, the 1994 one. Um, and this is, I'll just read the quick synopsis, which is a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shady Side. That's essentially the gist of that part. Yes. That, um, I thought it was a cool little movie for the 90s. Um, I thought it was a cool setup for the next movies because it is part one. Um, uh, it was it was 
it was it was well done, and I, it interests me enough to watch the next ones. I haven't seen them yet because uh, I've been just uh, what's it called? It's one of those movies where I watching by myself without my son, you know, in the area. So mm-hmm. it's a little hard to watch. Uh, so yeah. I, when I get when I get time, I'll watch it. But uh, like you said, I thought it was great. I thought it was a good a good, good uh, movie. Um, it was uh, it was a fun it was a fun little ride. And nothing happened. Uh, it didn't feel like it was holding any punches. Like, uh, and it felt um, tropey, but that's what they're going for at the same time. So, it, right, it uh, sounds like a, a little, little so like, right? Exactly, scream times. Very much so. Very much so. A uh, great intro. Um, and uh, so that was that worked out really well. Um, so I like that that movie. I'm looking forward to the other two, and I hope everybody else's as well. Um, sticking with horrors, I saw a Quiet Place and a Quiet Place Two, so I'm going to combine both. Uh, this is uh, John Krasinski's movie, right? Because he directed both of them. I think he yes. also helped write it, and I know he's acted in it, obviously. Um, so I'll just read a quick description of, but with the first one in a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. Um, I think the movie, the first one, is really cool to watch because you don't know what's going on. You're just put in a world, and I talk about this all the time. Um, I love being put in a world, and I don't need to... I, I get stuff explained to me as the movie's going on, and then obviously somebody tells me, hey, uh, you know, like, the movie starts telling you about what's going on or whatever, explaining things to you, like the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that stuff because it's just like, I don't have to... Well, remember the anti-graph thing, and, you know, Nixon, and uh, whatever, you know, you start getting shit and you're like, I don't care. Um, just, I'm in your world. It is what it is. Like, this is what happened. Fuck it. Let's deal with it, right? Um, so, I thought it worked out really good. Uh, getting different perspectives, especially from um, one of the one of the kids who's uh, deaf or hard of hearing. Um, and then, uh, you know, getting perspectives of that aspect and stuff like that. So, I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, part one. And then, uh, moving into part two, um, which I don't know if you know the premise of that one. Did you see these movies at all? I haven't seen the second one. I saw the first one, I believe, in theaters. Okay, um, I didn't see the first one. Obviously, not in theaters. I saw these are the ones I saw. I ended up watching on my phone. I saw these two on my phone. It worked out pretty decent because um, of the audio, and I didn't feel like um, I felt like I got more from it. I saw like it was like half on my phone, half on TV. So okay. um, it worked out for me. But part two. Um, takes place uh, immediately after the, the events of part one. Um, there's flashbacks of, so it explains more world building in general okay. of just like what happened in that town or whatever. Uh, and stuff oh, really? like that. Hmm. Yeah. So there is more John Krasinski and more stuff going on <laughs> right. um, for anybody who knows what that means. And then, uh, uh, so there's stuff like that that's going on in the movie uh, that explains that. And then they, further progress into like how do we take advantage of this knowledge that we got from part one ah okay i, I actually don't remember much about part one i know how right. it ends in the sense of like I, i'm what trying happens not to spoil character. it because it's technically well, like yeah, 2018 movie so people can still watch it i yeah. i actually have paramount plus it's on paramount plus oh you do <laughs> i know you had that i know do you want it hmm? do you want it oh maybe yeah yeah, I mean, I have it. Really see what it, I I yeah. bought a year's worth of it. I'm not renewing it. Um, I just <laughs> bought a year's worth of it because I wanted to watch something specifically on it. Yeah, and I was like, sure, whatever. Let me just pay fifty bucks for the year. And then, um, so yeah, I got it. That's why I ended up watching it because um, I think Quiet Place Two went right on it 
for streaming right after the movie came out in theaters. Um, okay. And then part two was uh, a little bit more focused, I guess, action-y. Um, I still prefer part one. Uh, sequels are usually harder, in my opinion. Um, yeah, no. Call I think that's pretty much... It's a very, it's a very unpopular opinion. <laughs> Is it? No, I'm kidding. I'm just making money. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, very, wait, what? I was like, I'm very sure comedy. that's wrong. <laughs> I was like, uh, so yeah, part two was, not saying that they didn't do a good job. They did. Uh, I just, uh, and I just like how they, the mentality that's going on in the movie of like, they're already thinking like five steps ahead, you know, because they yes. have to. Yes. So that's what's really cool about that part of the movie. Hmm. Um, so they're, they're cool little uh, set pieces. And then what I did watch on TV though, my son was totally interested in. And I w- I didn't feel too bad watching this one because even though it is like a horror, you know, uh, mm-hmm. genre, it, there isn't really much besides like the creatures. There isn't really much going on that's yeah. too crazy. Right, yeah, I would say. So my kid was kind of into it. And I was like, ooh, maybe he'll like horror. Um, and we'll see. <laughs> he's a little young still, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say he's still young, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. And then, uh, so those are my those are my horror movies that I've seen. Uh, I would recommend overall Quiet Places to watch, both of them. Um, especially as a nice, uh, what's it called? Combination piece to watch, if you haven't seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last movie I've seen, because I did talk about French film, if you did remember about French cinema, me uh, complaining about the French because I hate them, and uh, stuff like that. I did watch this um, this movie uh, by Luis Muñuel called that, that Obscure Object of Desire. It yes. was on movie. I think it still is on movie. Um, it's one of those, like, you have to look for it, though. Hmm. Um, I'll read the quick description of this one as well, because this is... So, it's a trip. It's a trip, yeah. Uh, recounted in flashback are the romantic perils of Mathieu, a middle-aged French sophisticate, as he falls for his 19-year-old former chambermaid, Conchita. Um, interesting movie. I talk about, like, uh, what's that uh, term? And, you know, I had it all week long, and I just can't think about it right now. Um, talk, talk about a toxic relationship. And uh, I feel like this type of relationship exists or something similar to it everywhere, right? Like, but seeing it in from a movies of the 70s, late 70s, and seeing it at a high level of like, he's a sophisticated, right? He says, they said in the movie, he's right. a guy who's got money. He's wealthy. He's literally wealthy and he doesn't know what to do with his money. Uh, he's got nothing to do with his money. He's like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I wish I money. had that problem. I wish so do I. Right. But, you know, he's like, I guess I should go on vacation. Like, okay, for like three months or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they're, uh, what's it called? Uh, watching him have like this toxic relationship with this girl, but keep coming back to it because, like, it's like almost like they needed for each other. It's like so weird. So weird to watch, but it's like, hmm. oh, toxic relationships have been like, just like the people are just like dumb all over, you know, or like just <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Like that's been doesn't matter if you're wealthy. Doesn't matter if it was back in the day. You know how people complain about all oh, people now oh, yes. don't have no sense or whatever. I'm like, nah, these guys are just this very much the same. Um, so like watching it from that that angle is cool, and giving it getting a story of it because it is a cool like the guy just to he um, he gets on a on a train and this girl's like longing for him and he throws a bucket of water on her and then he starts telling a story as like why did i throw a bucket of water on her and then, you know and he gets into it mm-hmm. and you're like oh, okay and then yeah. 
you see what happens, and you're like, I don't know, bro. It doesn't sound like that. Like, and it doesn't sound like you should have done that. And then you get more into it, and you're like, oh, okay, so she played you. I'm like, all right, but, but you're being a dick, too. I'm like, and then uh, you want something, but you don't allude to it, but then you say it. And it was, like, so weird. And I was like, man, it feels very human also. Like, but, like, the, the shitty part of humans... <laughs> <laughs> like what we want but we don't want to say it but we don't want to but at the same time when we do say it or when we do want it and then it's like this weird control thing going over it yep. especially when it comes to sex and it was just like as it felt really it felt like grounded but but not toxic like it's like something like you never would want but at the same time you see it almost everywhere people talk about like a relationship similar to something like that or people have it more often than we think and it's uh and it's just yeah. what it talks about that you know obscure object of desire very much so it's he's just desires they you know um and it's just like this <laughs> is an interesting movie for sure um it's my first movie of luis buñuel i'm pretty sure um I've never seen any of those other ones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when I was into him, I um, I think I saw him by myself. I think I was. I didn't show anyone. I don't remember anyway. Yeah, and he's got a weird, um, like he did a uh, director wise. I think that's the last movie he did as a director. But oh, he that wrote it? A, yeah, I think yeah. Looking at it here, that is the, that is the last movie he did of mm-hmm. directing. Mm-hmm. But he did write until. Uh, he wrote, I don't know, until 97, 2008, 2017, he's got writing credits still. The Metropolitan Opera Live or something. So I guess he wrote an episode or something on a screenplay. He was still writing, he was still working. Um, before, until he, uh, he died in early age, so it must have been early work. He died at early, not early age, he died in 83. So it was all work that was until after, um, that he had. But, I mean, interesting movie, for sure. Um, interesting line of work because uh, it's recommended me other movies and I was like I don't know if I want to watch this stuff right now um, <laughs> so I was like it's a little, it seems a little bit much in my opinion uh, but uh, besides that that's all I've been watching sorry to take up all our time here Oscar I know okay, your list do, isn't, do you feel... isn't as good as mine not but... wait no no good <laughs> is separate you mean as long as yours that's not Pl- the same thing plentiful Plentiful, that's better. So, okay, that's fine. First of all, it's great. Um, I can't wait for you to watch the, what's it called? The, the, the titles of his. Um, Which one? The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. It's like my, probably my favorite of his. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was a good one too. I've only seen like a handful. It's probably his most famous works. I think I saw four or five of his most famous works. And I'm definitely still very much behind on watching his other stuff. So. But I'm glad you are. You watched uh, Louis Buñuel movie. Yes, good. So it's good. You're learning, You're getting some stuff in there. All right. For me, I've been watching um, uh, recent movies. Um, ongoing with my horrorness, um, I've been watching as many, not even uh, or even rewatching, as I mentioned earlier about the Marvel thing and playing Returnal, obviously. So, like you know, I've been laxing a little more. It's, I think my my marathon watching of horror movies has a little has weaned a bit. Um, but I still have two horror movies here to mention. So one of them is called The Empty Man. came out in 2020. And I heard good things uh, along the way. Um, I didn't hear about this movie last year, though. But I heard it this year. Uh, on the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. 
and uh, the Empty Man stars James Badge Dale, pretty much just him. Well, I mean, a lot of people are in this movie too, but like, you know. And the movie has a very uh, great opening, I think. A very weird opening. It takes place like in the 90s, I want to say. This group of um, Americans, you know, American tourists out in, um, where are they? I think, is this South America or is it like Sweden or something? I don't know. Some, some, somewhere out in nature, but like not in their country. It's a different continent, right? And uh, they're traveling there. And one of them falls through a cavern, you know, that they accidentally get through. And, um, you know, something very strange happens. A strange sound, you know, is emanating. Like the guy found something and blew on it, like a typical American would. And um, immediately, like, very weird stuff happens. And and out of nowhere, the rest of the, the hikers or whatever commit suicide in front of Like, it's very weird, you know. And cut to, you know, 2020, right? And this cop. And, um, yeah, apparently all these... Uh, has a very um like an American feel version of Suicide Club because uh, a lot of teenagers in this town or like a big town, small city, um, start committing suicide like within hours of each other or a day of each other, you know, and a few of them together, like a like a group of six of them, you know, and they don't show it necessarily. They just show the the, the bodies being found, right? They show some of it for sure, and it's definitely supernatural when they show it. And then, um, you know, they all, they all mentioned the empty man, right? This empty man coming across. And it's like, it's like, a, uh, it's all fake, obviously. This movie is completely fictional, but it does feel like it's, um, t- tap, uh, tapping into like a, um, I don't want to say Hollow Man. That's not the right one. What's that one? Uh, Slender Man. It's tapping into the Slender Man legend oh, kind okay. of feel. It feels like, it feels like a real life legend in the movie's world. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like their Candyman, their Slender Man, you know, but real. And it, it's obviously completely made up. And I'm glad they used a made up thing because anything used from our reality, like Slender Man or like um, Candyman or anything like that, or, or like what's a Bloody Mary, right? Um, using any of those might make the movie feel worse, you know? So mm-hmm. making up something whole cloth and having its own background and stuff was much, much cooler. Yeah, it is a good movie, by the way, and it's uh, and obviously it does have a twist, uh, as these kind of movies t- tend to do. Um, the twist, I, I kind of see coming, but it's a it's a very satisfying one, regardless, because of um, the nature of everything. You know, once you figure it out, so I re- highly recommend this movie. It is a fun time. It, it's um, I would say it's a little slow going in the second act here and there. So other than that, though, I think the whole movie is the rest of the movie is pretty fucking solid. I highly recommend it overall for horror fans of any kind, really. And uh, yeah, it gets it gets to it gets some pretty cool little moments of nice horror too. It's not just it's not like Seven where you just see the aftermath only. You okay. see some stuff for sure. So I recommend it. Nice. That's the Empty Man, and uh, I just downloaded it, every week, but you can rent it anywhere. <laughs> um, let me. I could try to remember what the other one is. Uh, I have to go here. Oh yeah, this one. This is a lot of fun, man. I saw Marrowbone, which is a great title, right? Marrowbone. Such a great title. Um, Let me read the description here. A young man and his three younger siblings who have kept secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together are plagued by a sinister presence in the sprawling manner in which they live. And Marrowbone is the name of the manor. Like, you know, back then, you know. Who like, names uh, the manor Marable? It's a great name for a manor, but yes. Who names it I that? I don't know. You're like, I feel like you're like saying 
there's going to be horror things going on in your manor eventually. Yeah. It's next to Decay Corpse Manor. You <laughs> Decay know, Corpse Manor. Down, down yeah. the road. <laughs> right. Down the lorry. Uh, I think this place... Um, I just saw the fucking movie. I already forgot where, what country they're in. I think they're in England. Fuck. Okay. I yes, mean, they're, they're all English actors. So I assume manor, kind of, you know. This movie stars uh, George McKay. Anna, Anna, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy? Or is it Anna Taylor-Joy? Anyway, whatever. From, from Split, you know, and uh, The Witch. She's still doing horror movies. Anyway, this is uh, from tw- from 2017, though. So it's not that new, but it's not that old either. Great fucking ghost Queen's story. Gap. Great ghost story. This is a great ghost story. This reminds me of The Others. Remember that movie with Nicole Kidman? Um, yes. I don't know if you saw it, but I was I not obsessed with the movie back then, but I did buy it, and I watched it a few times for sure when I went back in whatever that movie came out. Um, that's also based on an older, uh, not older, but an uh, uh, foreign movie version um I think called Los Otros, probably. Anyway, uh, it has the same feel as the others. Very creepy, very moody. Um, it doesn't depend on any kind of like um, jump scares or anything like that. It's not action-driven either. The horror is very much in the setting, in the background of all the characters, right? It's very very character-driven, like without the characters and not just you giving a shit, but what they know, what you find out about them. It makes the horror more real. It does that really well, and it, it knows what to use, and it knows how to build on that horror. The movie is, you know, and so I would suggest it just for that. Bam, that's a good good enough reason for any movie. And as for a horror movie, you know, the all this stuff that's discovered is pretty fucked up and it's crazy, and the ending is surprising in a in a in a weird way that I, I had not gonna even remotely hint at because um, I don't want anyone see see it coming in anyway. Um, even though the ending itself, like. The morbid side of the ending, I guess I can say, is um, not exactly unpredictable. You know, not totally predictable, but um, it's what happens after that that I'm talking about here. That's very, I did not see coming. Yeah. Uh, man, it's a good movie. I really highly recommend it. Anya Taylor-Joy is pretty good in the movie, but um, even though she is top billed because she's clearly the bigger star, mm-hmm. she is definitely a side character. I mean, she becomes a major, a bigger character, I guess, as it goes along. But uh, the family, the siblings, who she's not a part of, is are the bigger characters and it's them in that house in that mansion trying to pretend that their mother's still alive so they can not only not be taken by social services but also like keep the house right yeah um very interesting stuff very cool story and everything builds on each other so i highly recommend if you're into a good story and stuff for sure and it's also fucked up so not for children uh it gets to places and nah. that is not right away but it does we, build to it we don't we don't like good stories in this podcast no you don't like us we, we, we. <laughs> you're like why we we i started this knowing yeah. wanting good <laughs> anyway so i recommend it those are the two movies i've been watching uh marijuana is also available on um streaming platform just uh, to rent and buy not I think to it's like Hulu. You watch is it. it Hulu? I didn't see it on Hulu. Uh, according to IMDb, it says you can watch it on Hulu. Cool. Okay. There you go. And Hulu. I should probably double-check that kind of thing. But I did not. Anyway, check it out. And we're going to take a little break here. And um, when we come back, we're going to review our first film, which is... Uh, what is that, Ralph? Do you remember? Yeah. The, first, uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. 2020. You know the deal? <laughs> successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way and i detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull this is the famous suicide squad 
Super villains, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reeve Prison joined the super secret, super shady task force S X. I'm sorry, as they drop are dropped off into the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. This is written and directed by James Gunn. This is the Suicide Squad, uh, the 2021 version. I have to say that because there's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out, I don't know when, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, this is starring Margot Robbie, uh, Idris Elba, John Cena, uh, Jill Kinnaman, Michael Rooker, <laughs> Viola Davis, uh, Nathan Fillion, <laughs> I forgot his movie, uh, Pete Davidson, a uh, bunch of other people, if I can keep going, Sean Gunn. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Sean Gunn. Some good stuff going on. <laughs> like, yeah, Sean Gunn. Uh, Okay, so this is obviously like I mean, they're all my picks, um, but uh, I'll go first because I have um, I'm gonna nerd, I guess I'll nerd out a little bit. I actually dug this movie a lot. I thought it was a great action, uh, great win for DC, great win for DC overall. Mm-hmm. I think they uh, they did a great job of uh, of just making this kooky enough. Uh, making this uh, this thing of the Suicide Squad of just like, hey, people die. You're gonna if you win, you win. If you lose, I mean, don't lose. I guess right, kind of shit. Uh, and it's how 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 they put together. They obviously had know how to have fun with uh, the characters. They know that you know everyone is just lighthearted or whatever, and it just works out. All the characters work out. Adrian Zalba does a great job playing uh, Bloodsport. And even uh, even though I didn't see John Cena in the movie, he's there as Peacemaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saw a floating helmet. Walter. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, even though he's, I thought he did a good job as well. I thought I think he plays that role, that type of role, uh, really well. Uh, that's his role in when he was in wrestling or when when he was in uh, yeah WWE, which is very much uh, as long as he believes he's doing something right, he's good, right? Uh, yeah, I think okay. he, I, th- yeah. I think it works out for him. Uh, so, and then uh, Margot Robbie has I think she she's been doing a great job as Harley Quinn. So uh, it works out. I mean, it's, it's just more Harley Quinn, more Harley Quinn Um So I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Uh, a lot of a lot of laugh out loud moments. I did see it in theaters. I didn't see it on HBO. Uh, I'm willing to watch it again though. I'll see it again on HBO just to catch like little things if I want to. Okay. The fa- the fact that they had the uh, the for the shark um, the shark king who's his voice? Um, oh, it's uh, Sylvester Stallone. Is it Sylvester Stallone? I'm pretty sure. Amazing, yeah, because uh, it works out really well. Um, maybe Vin Diesel uh, couldn't do it. Maybe he has an ironclad contract with Marvel. Not maybe Marvel. right. Maybe that's funny. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny to watch. Uh, he is OP, by the way. He's like the king of the sharks, or the king of whatever. So, I mean, it makes sense why he's really strong. Uh, watching him. And I did see that, in that other show um, that they use, the Harley Quinn show. It's on HBO. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was a fun it was a fun movie to watch definitely, and I thought it was a big 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 win for for DC's um, what's it called live action stuff. And uh, I'm curious as to what they're gonna do with this, like how this incorporates world building because they almost feel like it's its own entity, and they had nothing to do with you know because it doesn't have anything to do with anything besides the characters. Um, I'm just wondering how they're gonna use it to like interact with the rest of the world in DC if they even need to. Hmm. Um, which is interesting in that aspect. So, uh, overall, definitely plus win. Um, don't get me wrong, I do have some issues with the movie, but nothing crazy. Uh, I, I, I overall think that uh, it's a definitely definitely good movie to watch in theaters, uh, since you know you can go back to the theaters before we get kicked out again. Which we might. Which we might. Uh, Oscar, what did you think of the movie? Well, I wouldn't say that I quite loved it or liked it as much as you did. Um, I did enjoy it. I did have a fun time. It is better than the other Suicide Squad without the the. Um, it is oodles better, and it does make it seem like this movie is... does make it feel like this movie is better than... almost better than people are saying it is in a weird way. That's how I feel anyway. Um, I hear you, yeah. In comparison. Uh, yeah, so I, I did enjoy it. I did have a lot of in general problems with it, it really, it really bothered me. Some stuff, um, not that not, not that nothing makes sense. It's just that I think this movie, what it got right, is the tone. And yeah. then, along with the tone, most of the actors, I would say, most of the characters, I guess, um, play it um, either straight, which is good, or play it, you know, play it fun, and um, and it works out. And those are the two most positive things about the movie, and really drives home the rest of it. Because it, it does have, you know, there are some cool action scenes. There's actually some cool scenes in this movie. Because it's still an action movie overall. It's a superhero movie. Um, mm-hmm. We have to rename the genre, though, because they're, we just call it super movies. Because um, these are super villains, or not, or whatever they're called. And, right. Uh, and yeah. I, don't even, I don't even call, I mean, maybe one or two of them are actually noted, like, like worthy villains super, to be called super, to add super to that title. You know, a few of them, not so much. Yeah, that's why um, I was like... But yeah, I, read, I agree. I agree yeah. with your hesitation earlier. Right. When I read it, it was super early. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we should just all, in general, rename these genres to super movies. Uh, yeah, I would say that it works for that overall. And um, I wish things made more sense, I guess. But I love, um, I love how it was like a, not a bottle episode, but like if, you know, the fact that everything was held in on one island or was it an island uh, or one location one country uh, one little, one little yeah, country was location. that wasn't a um one location that wasn't a uh part of you know any huge u.s thing or a huge plot of whatever or what you know like even it's it, the for some reason the biggest stakes didn't really reach outside of the country they invaded um and somehow that made it feel like more personal in a weird way, more like, oh, this is like a one-off, like a weird one-off side mission thing. And uh, yeah, I had fun with it. I definitely do love the characters. And I do, um, I cannot get enough of Harley Quinn, not because Margot Robbie is hot, which she is, but uh, she just nails that character really well. Um, every single time she just has, a, she looks like she has no fucks to give regarding who Harley Quinn is and what her opinions are. Um, and obviously, I'm coming off from watching the the first two seasons of the animated series, which is really good. 
And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, that's uh, I'm a better because it's a show and it's and it's animated and it's better written, I believe. Um, yeah, it works out super well. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is hard to. I agree with you. With like, I guess what what are we naming super movies or super? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. The to super name genre. Yeah. The super genre. Yeah, I agree with you. With uh, it's funny because like the Harley Quinn show is talking about like what makes a super villain, right? <laughs> uh, so it does like almost makes me laugh reading that little two the first three words, which is super villains and Harley Quinn. Um, but yeah, everybody else is just like, yeah, I never heard of you guys. <laughs> and so it's like, and unless if you're in that world, and I think especially like DC is, not to say DC isn't big, it's big, but in comparison to Marvel, Marvel hit the, the world with everything, you know, like uh, anybody can talk about it and they know villains and heroes and random characters and you're like, how? And then, uh, and then <laughs> how? DC, DC is just like, right, there's the Justice League, right? Oh, yeah, and then uh, everybody's, uh, Batman's all villains. Oh, there you go, right, because we've seen so much of Batman. Right. And then that's it. And then everyone's like, right, uh, Superman has villains too, but I don't think they're from Earth. Right. That's it. So then it's everybody in between. You're like, well, what about these guys? I didn't even know they existed. Oh, okay. Right. And it's very much like that. And um, so when you talk about all these guys who are, <laughs> they're all locked up in, like, regular prison, but it's like really weird because like they're just held back. Like kind of just so so weird. Um, but uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the beginning of the movie when they get on the island with um, Michael Rooker, uh, right? As oh, they, the the head fake, so to speak. Yes, yes, I love that part because um, well, I thought it was cool watching it, um, especially how they would do the movie. They they get all these people, right? Hey, I want you to make a team or whatever. They get you this team. And you're like, these guys are like, they seemingly make no sense for each other, right? No, they no, not seemingly. They definitely don't. Right. Um, exactly. Which is great. Because uh, you have a weasel. Okay. Uh, you have uh, Harley Quinn. Okay. The only one that makes sense there is the, the main guy, who is uh, the leader. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Colonel Rick Flag. Right? That's the only yeah, one flag, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one that makes sense in there because he's the one who's leading the team. But like TDK, <laughs> okay, like like random, like a random guy with a spear. Like, so I really <laughs> like I, I I got the joke, especially when the, um, yes, the second yes. team is revealed. Yes. Um, and then I was like, immediately when the second team was revealed, because it looked like a horrible massacre. I mean, a guy with a spear, a weasel die right away. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about, like, oh, my God, this movie sucks already. Because, like, <laughs> joke or not, they are, uh, this is this is what they're saying. That this is the great plan to, I mean, I know she don't care about these criminals. But I thought, I mean, the fact that she would sacrifice Flag also was f- kind of fishy or weird. Because it, it, was, it was meant to be a sacrifice. It was yeah. like they, they, no one was expected to be alive out of her, you know, and the whole whole thing of like swim back and you know she kills um Michael Rooker that way right because he he's like he wants to swim away. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm like, why even give it? Just let him swim out. He's gonna die anyway. Swimming out. <laughs> right. I like, I just like the fact that they hyped up the guy the whole movie, the whole beginning of the movie, 
and like Michael Rooker's character, Savant, like mm-hmm. as in like this sharpshooter person, like he can make anything fit, right? I don't know what the ricocheting or whatever of the bullet he le- he'll hit. Like he sees the angles. As long as he sees the angles, he can he can. He just like right he fucking freaks out. It's so funny because you're just like, what were they there for? And you're like, well, it was just just chaos, I guess. That's what it was. It was just like make as much noise, cause a big dis- big distraction. Um, and it did almost feel like very much um, comic booky, right? Which it is. I mean, go figure. Right. But it, it was just like a gag. Yeah. It, no, it was a gag, but it was felt comic booky to the point where, like, of course, the few that live, you know, um, is just because it's needed for them to live, right? Mm-hmm. But it's they managed to get to whatever because, like, why didn't they get killed? Kind of thing, you know. Um, story. But, uh, yeah, then when they show the other team, though, I thought that I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. And then they go into the backstory of how you get all these characters to make this team, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the... This one feels like the legit reason of a team. Like, you could tell, like, oh, okay, the other one was just, like, put together, like, whatever. Like, just offer these guys 10 years or whatever out of their sentence. Let's go. Shit like that. Compared to the other team was like, okay, we actually put... Like, you guys need to win. Kind of shit, and then uh, I like the introduction to uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker, where he's like, "Oh, he's you, but he does everything better." He's like, "Yeah, better." He's like, "What?" He's like, "It makes no sense." He's like, "You know," and it's just like it's like little little moments of that do make the movie very lighthearted and make it make it interesting. And then seeing them have like this little, you know, uh, show off ability, show off who can who can how they kill. Right, right. Uh, in that camp, which is fucking fantastic, because they're just they're wrecking lives, and they're just, they're showing it in like style. It's like all style points. Uh, it's just how they're trying. How it's it's really cool to watch, right? Um, and then obviously the, that that one part where they <laughs> trying to save uh, Joel Kinnaman's character uh, flag. Hmm. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just <laughs> it's like they're not heroes; they're villains. You know, they're like. It just they they happen to work together right now. It feels like they're it's a hero movie, but then in the end, they're like, they're, they're, dude, they, we kill people. We're literally killing people, like left and right. No heroes does this. Like, that's what's like that's what works out for the movies. Like obviously, aspect um, that it's it, they're doing heroish work, but just they only know one way, and that's killing things. So that's the only thing they can do. Yep, um, and that's what works out. I mean, it works out for me. I really liked in the beginning. This part of the gag that really worked for me, I guess, is uh-huh. when um, the guy who can separate his limbs. TDK. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion's character. Uh, that was well, so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. Like, what is he doing? And, like, obviously it didn't work. He was just in pain and it just felt longer because he was separated. So, <laughs> apparently, so apparently the, the detachable kid, right? That's his name? That's, that's, the, that's the, the, I was thinking what the D stands the, for. The detachable kid, mm-hmm. right? And, like, I just like that instead of, like, taking their guns or throwing he starts slapping them. And then they just start shooting the hands and he's in pain because still, he still feels pain to them. It's just so funny because he's, like, dying in the back. Like, yeah. oh, I'm so Like, what did you think was going to happen? 
yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. That that works for me, so and that stupid. it didn't work. But the funny thing is that in the moment it didn't work so much. It was until like after in the same scene when like they start dying. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I'm like, well, I don't know why we're here right now, but yeah. that guy is dying really. <laughs> right, it, it does work, and apparently. I think they made that. And the Javelin guy is so useless. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Everyone's useless in there, except for the one who tried to get away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the point of it was probably to get, you know, maybe have this guy slip through. Rick Flag. Uh, no, he didn't know, bro. I know, he didn't know either. No, of course not. No. But, like, it was more like, hey, if he, if he gets through... Gets through. Other than that, I guess no, it doesn't think, matter. Yeah, no, I definitely not. If he goes, he's definitely like. I mean, that's one. I mean, that's another thing I really like about the first movie and this movie too. But this movie does do something. I don't know if we're spending too much time on this, by the way. But yeah. um, and we'll mention this part in spoilers. But they do something with uh, the leader, the F, the CIA agent hotshot that's calling all the shots. Right. Really? Um, I forgot her name. Um, she was so insufferable in the first movie. I know that she's supposed to be this like cold-hearted, whatever you know, just do the fucking job kind of shit. Um, uh-huh. And she's like that in this movie too. But it's so annoying because everything she does, nothing she does is smart, ever, ever. And that goes along with her management style, <laughs> her like. Ability to read the room or read the context of anything. Like, what did, how, it, it, none of these movies, both of them, ever gave me the the notion that it was this whole idea of putting bad guys together in exchange for lighter sentences on their prison times was a good idea. I never, no, none of these movies do that. Um, even though I like this one more, a lot more, I guess, um, they, they don't show it as a good, it's not a good idea yet. I've not seen an example that makes it a good idea. It happened now. Obviously, I'm not. Well, that's not spoiler, I guess. But, but you know, they. It turns out fine. Okay, it's, it's a movie. You know what's going to happen. Oh, you right. know how it's going to turn out. Right. Um, like it's just by sheer luck. It has nothing to do with this idea to bring back. <laughs> it's just dumb idea. It's just it's a dumb idea. <laughs> like no, this woman yeah. is not smart at all. I do not understand her position, her gravitas. I mean, she's a great actress. And she's selling whatever she's got to sell, whatever the script says. She's trying to sell it. But, like, it, the character is completely so dumb that I cannot get past it. It's just so annoying every time I see her and she gets angry. I'm like, wait, what are you, what are you getting angry? If you, if Flag is so disposable and everyone around you is so, why do you care? Right. Why are you getting angry? I don't understand. Why do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, I hear you. I get, I get what you're saying. Um. Yeah, she is supposed to be like a bigger. She's like an influential person overall mm-hmm. in like the her world, right? Which is yeah. like the political world, the spy world, maybe. Yeah, but she's also very much just like she is very much cornered as to the point where she's used by people above her to do these things to these criminals, right? Mm. And at the same time, uh, like that's she's just that that. That person just doesn't give a f enough, right? Which we obviously get to do the thing necessary, very much like peacekeeper, uh, or peacemaker, should I say? Peace, yeah, uh, yeah. 
right. Peacemaker and her are very similar. The difference is Viola Davis's character, which is uh, I always forget the uh, Waller. Okay, yeah. Amanda Waller. She uh, she's just like oh well, you know I have to. It's like the administrative side of it. Um. It, I guess it was her idea overall, right? So maybe that's the only reason she wants to see it succeed so bad. So she'll just do whatever, and it does feel like she doesn't do anything, uh, or it doesn't like that's why she cares. But there's nothing. But it doesn't look like she cares at the same time. So I don't know. But it's like you're being told by your superiors, like, "Well, we don't want them to live." You know that, right? Right. But yeah. you need to be successful, <laughs> right? Like, okay, <laughs> I can't do both. Like, you know. <sighs> Yeah, it's just so weird. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's a way to walk it back if you kind of follow your train of thought there about like um, she is actually like really middle management. And oh yeah, giving, uh, and very much like, so. She's like um, I don't know, like a uh, an assistant manager in a very packed like Caesars, uh, Little Caesars or something, or like <laughs> somewhere really horrible, and you have to deal with all this shit, and you have no power, no control, really, even though you're in charge, um, you know, of what's going on and and the freakouts that can, you can imagine. And like uh, a Chuck E. Cheese is a better example, like in a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Yeah. You know, and there's kids screaming around you. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? I can see that if they walk it back to that to explain it more, because while I do get what you're saying, um, I do think that we're kind of, I mean, that because none of that's really in the movie. She is the head honcho. And um, I'll make to believe that she is the head on. She is calling out. She's picking these guys and all that. So yeah. she does have a lot of power here. No, she and, does have very much that power. That is yeah. her power, you know, yeah. or her responsibility. Right. And, uh, you know, I just so many, I don't know. I just feel I, like the movie did not do a good job of uh, portraying that, if that's the case. Yeah, but they can I, walk I, it back in some future movies. You know what's funny is that I, did, I think they did a better job with Amanda Waller in the first Suicide Squad movie. Um Hmm. With yeah, her, maybe I don't. I, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think they did. Yeah. And Amanda Waller is just like in everything. If you see anything DC, she's very much like the moment you see a villain like doing anything weird, you're like Amanda Waller. You have to think Amanda Waller. Like, she's like okay, like is she like the Julia uh, Dreyfus character in um, the Marvel movies nowadays? What do you mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus? Right, that's her name. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. From Marvel, Veep? yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, not a Veep, but. Um, the Marvel person? You mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. From Veep, though. Yeah. yeah. I know who she is. Oh, from yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Selena. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess she would be like that. Okay. I'm trying to think picture of a good. I'm trying to compare. Um, okay. Like I like I said, like a, yeah, like a, yeah, a power broker behind the behind the scenes kind of thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Very yeah, much I can so. See that. Uh, oh, only, yeah. man, only managed by like the government. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, unless they're going rogue, of course. Right. Totally possible. Okay. I think we should get spoilers for this movie. Uh, yeah, I think, so. I think we did talk a lot about some other parts of it. <laughs> anyway, spoilers for The Suicide Squad, though, starting right now. Unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck. 
Uh, okay. I want to say that the notion of having like a space creature, like the whole thing of that starfish, was badass. It's a cool notion. It's a cool idea. I really like that actually. Yes. And um, and I I loved how we corrupted it so bad, and all I wanted to do was be out in the stars. Right. It was so sad. Um, it's like we created a serial killer that's just obsessed with wanting all these brains, right? A human brain. Right. Well, who who's the character who does it? Jeez. Um, who's I'm the character to, that does what? I'm trying to look at the guy who tests on him like the whole fucking time. The what? The what? The guy who the guy who tests on him all the time. Oh, uh, uh, Peter Capaldi. Uh, I know his real name, but I don't know. Um, does he play the? Is he that uh, psychic? He's a thinker. The thinker. Okay, he's not playing the character from the Harley Quinn show, is he? No, the short guy. No, no, no. That's in Harley's team. No, no, okay, it's a different guy. Because with this, with this, with the head thing and the psychic. Oh yeah, think, like, maybe they're playing off, similar, but yeah. they just hired a tall guy instead. Yeah, no, um, no, no. no, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, that, that, I mean, his whole existence was also dumb in the movie, but whatever. Um, and and the whole thing with the government involvement and stuff—it all seemed like it was happening. It's so weird that everything was happening right then. Um, I guess I was a little, I wasn't confused, but I don't think I got enough information as to why now it's so important to deal with this. Why, like, why is the government or the royal family or the military, what, why is this happening right now? Why did that general, like, go ham on the birds? Like, why? It was the most useless scene. You know well, what I'm talking about? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And I it do was wanna... so brutal. I'm like, I felt so bad. I know it's a movie. <laughs> no, no, no. But I literally I, felt bad. I just I just felt that he needed to show the fact that uh, you just went from one uh, shitty ruler to another shittier ruler. No, I got that before. They're all bad guys. I saw <laughs> no, a room earlier. No, <laughs> I know that. But no, it's just no. like, I just it just felt so tropey. You know, like, it, it felt so, so bad. bad. Like, there's a war general. I get it. I mean, I, I do agree with you. It was, like, useless, right? Uh, like, you didn't need the scene, right? Overkill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, it was just to, like, I just think it was just, like, this this thing to build up this guy because they needed to see, they needed to show him later. And instead of just showing him and be like, oh, yeah, that's the general, you know, make him more, more of a bad guy, I guess. No. I don't, but no, they did not need to. I, really, I was already on that wavelength before, and <laughs> that. Uh, I just, oh, I felt on it. Also, that whole thing with Harley Quinn and the prince or the king, I guess. <laughs> Fucking gracious. And, yeah, great. I don't. I mean, it was great what what she did at, when she just shot I just, him I after his whole line. monologue. I'm doing. Uh, sorry, you have red flags. Yeah, yes, that was great. That that was uh, a good payoff. Yeah, was it really but everything bad. leading up to it, the whole montage, like, why is this in the movie right now? Right, <laughs> it felt completely out of place. No, 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 what a hundred percent. You're like, what the fuck? Like, it's so random. It is very random, and and I know that a lot of these um, goofy, the goofy side of DC, like this one, like mm, not Shazam, but parts of Shazam, uh-huh. like uh, the Harley Quinn standalone movie, uh, the the right, like those. They do. I think they're really good at showing you the 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 what's like what's her brain like, you know, <laughs> what's Harley Quinn's mind like. They do a good job of doing that. For example, like the fact that there's a montage of a love scene with this ostentatious red dress, um, yeah. 
like in the middle of this movie out of nowhere. It smash cuts to it. It's really weird. Um, but unnecessary. We, we already know what Harley Quinn is. And it's not her movie. Um, so, again, out of place for the movie. But in her wheelhouse, for sure. Um, I can see Harley Quinn going to that for sure. That's like, yeah. that's not, I'm not saying it's belie- unbelievable for her. It's just that the way it happened was unbelievable. Uh, so that, but that was cool. That, the ending of that was, we have red flags. I mean, she learned a lot from Joker. <laughs> she learned a lot. And it she shows, really it shows one good thing about these movies that they do a good job ever since the emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever that long title was. Um, How the Birds of Freeway? Yeah, I know they changed the title, but the original title I liked. I wish they kept it. My point. Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's a great title. It is. That. Yeah. Um, it's like Don't Be a Menace Society or what is it? Don't Be a Menace Society in the Hood while well, drinking juice. I don't remember that. While well, drinking juice. In yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. Um, okay. Um, Starfish is cool. Um, action scenes are badass. I like the village scene when they're like, kind of like the one off thing you mentioned earlier. That was great. And the way it turned out, like, where are all my men? <laughs> Right. They're not there. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. The movie does a good job also, like keeping it lighthearted overall. They go save Harley Quinn, and she's like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" You know, she's like already like saved. Right? I mean, yeah, she has a badass whole fucking badass scene of right, like javelin but, it up and shit like that. Like, yeah. well, and I love the fact that she has this javelin, like it's a god son. Yeah, like, she has no idea. No, no, no. I mean. What, what, I like he, about, what did he mean by that? Right, right. When they show, <laughs> when they show the her killing everybody, you know, like escaping, and the flowers everywhere, and it's just like that that's what, no, it is great because that's like what's obviously what's going in her mind. Like she's like killing these people and making it right. seem like you know. And like, if this movie was trying to do PG thirteen, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe that that scene would have felt less impacted. It would, you know, to try to keep the blood off and all the gore. But the yeah. movie was showing so much of it before and after. So exactly. like, this is just for her, you know. No, like, it is just, how she sees. Like that's kind of cool. That's kinda it cool. is. It, it was. It was a cool scene. So yeah. to see it from her perspective like that. Um, so it was. It was cool. Um, yeah. There's like a lot of little moments like uh, of uh, <laughs> when they talk about uh, the driver. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn's like, oh yeah, <laughs> like it's like I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, wait, I thought that's what it, your name was. He's like, no, I, I'm this guy. Like, the whole time, like, he's like, but we were just talking about you. That's, you're this guy. He's like, no. And it was just like, it was just really funny to see super shit like that. Yep. Um, but uh, I do agree. I, I do really like, actually, the big, the big boss in this movie, which is the starfish thing. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really do enjoy that. That uh, it's supposed to be like, uh, I think uh, uh, Danny was telling me that the, there's a famous comic book cover with uh, the Justice League, like the old, or OG Justice League. Um, mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, without Superman in it, uh, oh. is uh, fighting this thing, like on a comic book cover. Like, uh, you know, Starfish versus the Justice League or whatever. Okay, and, is it like a, the huge version of it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like a big version of it too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so little things like that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what was I gonna say? What did you think about the uh, uh, the side characters, like uh, Polka Dot Man? Uh, right, I guess the ones that don't make it out. Rat Catcher Two. Uh, oh, Rat Catcher makes it out for sure. Yeah, I would say Rat Catcher is my my favorite, probably. Rat Catcher is my favorite, and then her husband, her her father, is played by uh, 
Oh, yeah, ta- 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 Taika ta- Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi. Only the director like, of uh, Thor Ragnarok and right, uh, it's what so... we do in the shadows. Right, exactly. And he had like, uh, a fun little line there in that flashback. It, was good. it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's it's like little things like that, that make it, make it cool. Apparently, Sean Gunn plays Calendar Man in the you know in the background, and the Weasel. He does the vocab, <laughs> I guess, for the Weasel. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, Sean Gunn. Um, yeah, that's a. I've always loved Sean Gunn because I obviously I watch Gilmore Girls, and he's one of the main I know. side characters. The main side characters, like yeah, yeah, Kirk. Everyone, yeah. no one remember, no one forgets Kirk. So, but obviously, he's obviously brothers with James Gunn, so he's in all his movies too. So, yeah. it works. It works well when I see him. I bet he's like, "Hey, are you ready to get paid?" I got yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, you want to check real quick? Yeah, <laughs> do it, bros. <laughs> bros. Yeah. Bros. Um, Idris Elba, though. Um, you know, it's funny because there's like a there's like a three thing. There's a there's a there's a connection between Peacemaker, uh, uh-huh. Idris Elba's character. What's his name? I forgot. Um, and Flag. Like those three are the quote unquote driving force of yeah. the movie for good uh, and bad. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Terrible villain. <laughs> yeah, not a good name. But he's I mean, uh, he, that, uh, Do you see John Claude totally, Van Damme's movie and just like Bloodsport? I think so, yeah, I think so. Okay. He's totally a uh, great assassin or great uh, hitman. Yeah, he's solid. He's a solid yeah. hitman. But he's, they can be, I mean, um, I think his armor and his weaponry is what makes him unique, no, I guess. Of course. But anyway, he's. But he knows how he fine tunes his guys. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I'm not I'm not trying to take away from it, but like he's not like I don't know, like polka dot man. Um, <laughs> that guy's ability is fucking crazy. Also, what did you think of that before we get into the, the mother thing? Say? The mother thing, but the fact that we saw it like three or four times, it it reminded me of uh, fuck, what's it? Uh, Attack on Titan. Seeing the Titans' faces. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see where you're going now. That's yeah. an, I guess that was scarier, yeah. So I was like I was really freaked out, especially the first time. I was like, Holy shit, this guy's fucking crazy. So like, when lit- you saw the Attack on Titan size version of it. Yes, later. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. I really honestly I thought that that was their biggest weapon. I know that yeah. I know that the girl Waller had said that the shark is their muscle. Which makes yeah. sense because he, which that's was, fucking was, hot. You can't fucking shoot that no. thing. Um, he, he lived through like a fucking. He was like the explosion. Hulk of the group. The shark. Was oh, the very much so. Yeah, hundred percent. But I kind of thought that the polka dot guy was gonna redeem something. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't do something, yeah. but like he definitely did not do it in quite the way I wanted to. Yeah. He did die, um, which is fine, whatever. But what I think of the 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 ones who die, I guess. Yeah, they were yeah. fine. You know, it was it was all fun overall. Like once I got into the rhythm of the movie, which took too long, um, I was fine with it. You know, like I said, really, that opening kind of fucked me up a little, and then continual things didn't make sense. Even in a, in a even in a ridiculous movie, it didn't make sense. Especially if they want to make sequels, which I know they do. Um, I need something to make sense in this movie. I need sure. something to work. If the if the plot's gonna be crazy, have the characters stay true. You know, and for the most part, they did. So, um, and what I was trying to say earlier about the peacemaker. So there's a connection between them. Yeah, it's like they're all chaotic or lawfully evil or good or you know it's like it feels like they fit in that pattern really well um and Idris Elba I think is in between what Flag is and Peacemaker is or possibly Flag is on one end Peacemaker is on the complete other and then Flag is in the middle you know it feels like there there's a spectrum 
of what the right thing is and the wrong thing to do is. Oh, I agree. And I somehow say, those three characters kind of fit that yeah. somehow. Well, they're they're obviously all the fucking alphas, right? Right, they're, they're uh, right. Also, having three alphas in one team, not a good idea. But. No, no, but you know, they did make it clear that who was in charge, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a peacemaker. Peace. No. What? B- Bloodsport was in charge. Oh no! I mean, from the beginning. Oh yeah, from yeah, the team yeah. in from the, the sense team, of the tactical yes. sense. Yes, okay. tactical I'm sorry. Sense. Exactly, exactly. But he's like, but but Peacemaker had the alternate mission. Like he had the real mission. You know, what I'm no, saying? the real like, mission of making sure it actually was executed. Right. Of whatever the, the case was, the drive yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's what, exactly. that, that's what you meant. But, yeah. no, 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 right. So, so the fact that like, I like how they obviously had Bloodsport do the whole. Um, they know that he's gonna get them to what he needs to do, but. They didn't know what he could do, which is obviously what they use. You know what he does. What he ends up doing is, you know, blackmailing uh, Waller. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Peacemaker was there for obviously for the reasons of uh, he's very much Waller on crack, you know, with abilities and shit. So I'm just uh, it's for the greater good. Everything's for the greater good as long as he believes it. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other guy's the kind of guy who would say like who would say that COVID uh, number death numbers. Acceptable numbers, you know, he's that right. kind of guy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he, he would look at uh, what uh, Thanos's thing like half for world for universe peace. Well, yeah, half the people should go. I'm on your side, buddy. Right, right, that's him. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then, uh, and then obviously, uh, what's his name's character? Uh, Rick Flagg's character is the yeah, the lawful good one where he just wants to he's not really a villain right am i correct he's just a i don't yeah no he never was in the movies he's just a guy in put in the unfortunate position to babysit these idiots right exactly or really dangerous people or both or really dangerous people yeah so he's obviously like that's why i think that's why he got sent on the mission to go die you know Hmm. like it is what it is. Like, he's just, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's again, yeah, that's something that could be said for sure. Like, she put him there to not have him be the, the, you know, because he would have stopped or tried to stop Peacemaker, right? Yeah. Um, from destroying the thing or kept it for himself. But, um, again, that's not in the movie. I don't think it was, unper- it was intentional or otherwise. I think that just happened to come, <laughs> it just happens to be that way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that though. It does make sense overall why he would be in the first uh draft the the breaking the egg of the omelet draft of the teams um that, that makes sense but i really like that uh, combination of those two characters um it kind of some it just worked for me somewhere in there uh, especially when they were at the end you know after he killed the uh, flag and stuff and there was a whole thing at the end that was that worked out well i liked how they took down the starfish it was all kind of fun it was it felt uh, a combination of video gamey and comic book at the same time kind of was fun for that reason too, when the, when the, when the starfish got out, I mean, yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, I also like how just a helmet, it kind of it just helps you. The helmet, like this, this sea creature did not. <laughs> I guess no one thought of a helmet or having a mask on, which saves them from right. being taken over by this thing. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the townspeople didn't know any better, but yeah, no one, no one in that facility, not no one, I guess, but most did not have that kind of protective yeah. gear. Which is funny. You'd think it would be standard operating procedure. For You'd being think in so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk about the end of the movie. Because Ratcatcher 2, to save the day. Um, oh, very I, brutally. Because rats, man, I'm not my That hands. line that she's like, it's not your, it's not, it's not your city, it's their city. Right, or whatever he says. Whatever she says, I forget the exact line. Right. And just the fucking pouring rats. 
Oh my god! That's the one. That's the one crazy thing in this movie that I hundred percent believe that there are more way uh, more rats uh, than, me too. than we think there are. Me too. Yeah, a hundred percent more rats than they think than we think there are. And just like it, just like it, it felt like uh, that Indiana Jones scene with the uh, the crystal skull with the ants. Um, oh, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, uh, I, I'm with you now. Like the only redeeming part of that movie. Um, Probably. Is, <laughs> I, remember, I haven't seen that movie actually since it came out. And I, me, I really, should, I really should go back to watch it just no. to see if it is the re- only redeeming part. Um, so, it, disgusting. And then it's just like, what's her name? Cuts through the eyeball with the spear. Oh my god. It's just like... Oh, yeah, eye horror. That's a legit, legit eye horror. Yeah, legit eye horror. Oh my yeah. god. It's just like, oh, it sounded so like pussy. I, I felt and it. Like, I, oh, no, I, I know what you mean. Oh, I, it was pretty god. brutal. Yeah, I felt it, and I felt sorry for the star because I knew the whole time this fucking thing was just kidnapped. We turned it into a serial killer, guys. We're, it's our fault. I know, I know, I know. It's it our fault. Yeah, there's no way around that. Um, because yeah. when I first, you know, when you first see the first glimpse of it, you see the in the in the old NASA footage or whatever of the astronauts yeah. apprehending it. I'm like, oh man, that's not gonna end good. I'm like the whole time, like immediately felt sorrow first for the starfish than anything else. Um, but no, that, that scene, it just, it was just, oh, it was so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I would say it was just so un, un, like, unexpectedly brutal for me. Yeah. I don't know why with the rats crawling and then the, the eye thing. I'm like, oh, and this girl comes out of it, like swimming out of the iris. I'm like, oh God, what's going on? So yeah, but, uh, but in that sense it worked though, because it did, did, did what it wanted to, right. um, yeah, but Ratcatcher, though. Don't fuck with that bitch. Um, oh, mm-hmm. that's a crazy thing there. It's a crazy power. Yeah, it really is. It's like a random crazy power. Yeah. Way better than TDK. Way better. <laughs> way better. <laughs> so yeah, way better. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else. We've talked a lot about this movie, though. But, um, yeah, I got nothing else on this movie. It was fun, I guess, overall. It worked out. It's it better than the last one. I hope they do it better next time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's it all we can for. for our review of The Suicide Squad. Currently in theaters and on HBO Max. So check it out. Um, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will review our next film of the evening, which is The Green Knight. Why do you stop me? Me too. Rest your bones. I'll finish your quest for you. And what do you hope to gain from facing all of this? That is why a knight does what he does. Are you ready? A fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain or Gawain. And the Green Knight. Uh, apparently, Carl. What's this going? No, I know that, but it's like. Oh, yeah. Medieval. Apparently, it's a poem. Did you know about that? Oh, yes. 
Um, yes, I read it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read it, but I heard about it after it. Anyway, oh, it's, it's hard to read. I would assume so. Uh, this is written and directed by David Lowry or Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, starring Deb Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, um, Sarita Sh- Shaud- Shaudhuri, or Shaudhuri. Sorry. Um, and then other people. And oh, then I other did want to bring up one of them. But when I find him, he's a side character, so I'll find him the, the actor. Anyways, um, I went first on the last movie. Um, Oscar, what did you think of The Green Knight, uh, First Impressions? Yeah, so um, and I saw this movie by myself in the theater. I was literally the only person. <laughs> Which is uh, You know what? I have a quick thing on mind. When yeah. I went to go to the movies, I saw this with Danny. Um, when I went to the to the movies, there's a guy, old man, in front of me. He didn't know what to watch, and there, <laughs> the guy's telling them what what movies, and one of them was The Green Knight. And he's like, "Now nah, I'll watch Suicide Squad." The guy was like eighty, <laughs> and I was like, "Good for you, buddy." And that's that's all. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, like, nah, I don't want to see them. Weird fucking movie. Um, my nights are black or red, not green. So, um, so I said earlier, I did read it. Um, I was forced, not forced to, it was part of the curriculum in my English 102 class back in my, um, I guess college days. Um, but it was like a community college days, so it wasn't like super serious, but I, you know, I still took 102 English. And in 102, they, uh, was all centered on medieval literature. And, uh, Garwin the Green Knight, the Green Knight was a huge part. And yes, I did call him Gawain, and I'm pretty sure everyone in class did that too. I don't think the teacher ever corrected us, um, but I don't think this doesn't matter. Gawain, Carwin. Um, anyway, and I read the whole thing, and I had to do reports on it. I don't remember much anymore. It has been a long ass time since I, I did read that, and I read it really out of spite because I didn't like a lot of the stuff. I like some of them for sure, uh, especially like um, Lancelot stuff and other other literature. But I did read the story. I had no idea what the fuck the story was about. It was that okay. confusing to me. And obviously, I was too young to really understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, so watching this movie, you know, with so little in my head, I guess. But still enough there, probably more than your average, you know, Joe, going into this movie. Um, I was struck by how both um, awesome this movie felt and mm-hmm. was to me. And both how and, and and yet how still it is, it feels like a um, it feels like a movie of days gone by. You know, it feels like we're it's like a it's like an archaic tome. It's like somehow it feels genuine. You know, it's hard to describe this movie. Um, I saw, it's also kind of hard for me to know what I think about it for good chunks of it, actually. Um, because it is so, so, I'm so alien to it, to the whole thing. But I think David Lowry, Lowry did a really good job at putting us m- more than just a time and a place, but putting us in the feel of you know, 16th century writing, or is it 14th century writing? I don't even know. I don't remember the century. Um, it makes you feel like that way. It does feel like a soliloquy in motion or whatever the iambic pentameter in motion, whatever was written on, whatever style 
mm-hmm. the the poem the poem short story or whatever was originally written and um you know and i forgot all the terms anymore like i said i that class was a long time ago but we did have to learn like what the difference between pentameter and iambic pentameter and this and that and what makes it this what's the rules on this what makes a stanza um all that shit's in this story too um you know and another great thing about this movie is that um it does a really good job of showing you and not telling you most of this movie is done with visual storytelling there are entire swaths of this movie where no one says anything and when people do say something it is usually innocuous to what's being shown to you it's more important to pay attention to the details and mm-hmm. to what the camera's choosing to tell you at the right time to understand at least i try to because uh, i couldn't understand all of it like i said but to understand what's going on in, in the flow of the story or to the character or to their wishes or to their intentions all that is told in visual storytelling and such is done so well that it makes you really appreciate the the film medium um, because it can only be told this way. This particular type of way can only be do- told this way. Um, so, yeah, I really like the movie. Um, I don't know why on everything. I don't know why I liked everything in the movie, but um, I really did enjoy it. It's just a very unique kind of movie. It feels like a blast from the past while also, you know, not because it's obviously very modern technology making the movie with the with the effects and the and the and the costume design all that all that jazz uh, definitely was not around for a long time you know but yeah i think it does a really good job what do you think um i don't know i'm weird about this movie uh i'm much like you where i just a lot of the stuff i just don't know um as in like i just didn't like i'm watching it Right, and it is very much. Uh, you have to look for more. The movie is basically telling you to. In my opinion, I agree with you. With a, it's not just what's showing you; it's what's what it wants you to focus on. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You should be paying attention to other things, not just literally what's in front of you, kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of that, and I didn't know what I was walking into. This movie, I just I was like, "Fuck it, let's go watch it." Um, and uh, the story overall seems interesting, and I get the premise. I think overall, but first impressions watching it when I said when I left the theater or watching it through the movie, I was just like, I was like, okay, it's a journey. I go, we're going through it, and I just felt like I felt I felt in a daze a lot of the times, um, and I just felt like um, I felt like not less than, but I felt like I wasn't. I wasn't getting the picture here. And I guess how when the movie ended, I felt better overall. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Uh, I felt better than what I did during it, especially closer to the, the second half of the movie. Or not closer, not uh, after the second half of the movie. I would feel like I felt or almost third part, third act. I just felt like I definitely, I definitely felt like more lost or more as in like, oh wow, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, but I liked the premise, and it was interesting, and the characters are great, and a lot of stuff is going on, acting-wise, is doing really well. Um, but it is, I, I almost feel like I, re- I need to read this poem, even if I don't understand it, um, just so I can feel like I can get more out of this. Because I, do f- I, I did feel lost more than I... Yeah, it's more very than rich I and, and detail and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I, I, I didn't feel like 
I, I don't like, I say this all the time and, um, for movies, I don't want to be catered to, you know, I do want, uh, but I feel like this one took it to the other level. Like, you know, like I was saying, like, it's I don't so want you not to, catered to you, Rob, that you have no idea what's going on. Right. That's the thing. It's like, it's so not catered to me that it's just like, it's, I just felt like, it's I don't, so I, don't, I, don't I don't, I don't, I don't read it enough for this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not. I'm not savvy enough for this movie, um, but I am at the same time. Like I, I'm not, and I know I'm there. I just needed to. I gave it all my attention. Uh, I don't know. I just I just felt like something was missing, and I don't know if it's a second view or maybe uh, maybe reading the poem will help me um, extrapolate more from this or talking talking with you. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, so, I think this um, movie has a lot of connections with The Witch. Uh, okay, yeah, and I hate that movie. Huh? Oh, you do. Um, I hated that movie when I saw it, yeah. Like, so when I saw it, but it's one of those movies when you think about it later, you're like, and then you talk about it, you're like, yeah, oh, that man. makes sense. It's one of you my know, kind of, thing. of the year. How well, it just like came out, I just didn't like it, the pacing of it. And how, yeah, well, that's it's the not, thing is that this movie is very similar in that sense. Like, I would have seen, I agree with you. It very much feels like, like you are transported to that century, that time in America, in the witch no, case. They, that part of the witch and in yeah. this movie, they do a great job with that. Right. Um, and all that it's supposed to help you to feel like it makes you, it gives you, this is uh, where the language of cinema really works, right? Because I think as oh, cinema yeah. watchers, cinema files, like we are, cinephiles, sorry, um, we are going to enjoy that kind of thing. And it does help us. I think it would help anyone to, you know, let the, you know, swallow the story, swallow the the subtlety swallow the metaphor swallow the whatever the movie's trying to show us you know in a grander scheme better because we're so immersed because it does such a good job of putting us in this place and in this time but this movie like like you said it takes it one step further because it's based on a story a fiction story a legend you know no i'm not saying no one believed yeah that sir gawain the green knight and the green knight were was a true story or not but overall, I'm pretty sure no one thought that it was true, and um, and it is based on magic, and legend, and folk tales, and folk stories, and religion, and all this stuff. And not to mention the the politics of kingship and what it means, and the power of, of sovereignty over people, and the, what yeah. makes a knight a knight. You know, all that's in yeah. there. All I, that's in there. I, I I feel very much like I'm um I'm Sir Gwen in this movie. <laughs> I honestly feel sometimes like I am like I'm as not as cool as I'm definitely smarter than him, but like I feel like I'm as cool as sometimes in the movie as him, and he's getting asked these very important questions about just like who he is as a person, and he can't even answer those questions. He can't even be true to himself to answer those questions either. Um, yes. Yeah, he is very much like a hothead young stud trying to like oh for sure yeah. you know immediately go to the top in some fashion before earning it. <laughs> Yeah, talk about shortcuts forever. Right, it does. Uh, it does feel like an old medieval version of that. And yeah, then, you know, of like you could see it in his actions. You can see his naivete when he, you know, accepts when he's first out day one or week one or whatever. Um, not week one because he has to be there in five days. But uh, day one, he gets bamboozled by this fucking ro- roaming band of um oh, can we talk about that actor so that's barry uh that's barry uh Kugan or Kugan, okay um who uh who i get confused with ty sheridan 
or Cheshire. Oh, yeah, Cheshire. no, yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah, how. They look exactly like, they're like doppelgangers, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And uh, this guy, was Barry Kogan, he's from Dunkirk. Um, what's it called? Chernobyl. He's been in Chernobyl. Oh, American Animals. Oh, you know what? Yes, I remember him Killing now. Killing a sacred deer. That's him. Yeah, he plays this. Yeah, that's right. The, the, well, the one redeeming character, I guess, in Killing a Sacred Deer. <laughs> the one redeeming character. Yes. Yeah, everyone was pretty reprehensible in that movie. Uh, 100%, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, uh, he plays that role and I'm like, that's crazy. Cause I was like, I looked, I looked, I was, this guy looks so familiar. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously like, it's just like, what's, um, he learns a valuable lesson of like, um, how about just don't trust anybody? Um, or, you know, um, be more, what's it called? Um, uh, know wary. that wary. Huh? Be, be wary. more wary. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Be more wary. Be, uh, just definitely just, uh, don't don't be that aloof. Like he's just like so stupid. Um, so, but I was watching it and I was like, I have to look him up. And I looked him up later. And I swear, I kid you not. Um, when I looked him up, I was like, oh, okay, that's where he's from. I was like, cool. We were watching. We were doing the the review for um, Suicide Squad, and it, and it had a picture of Margot Robbie and like doppelgangers, and he came up with Ty Sheridan, and I was like. <laughs> Bro, like he does look just like Ty Sheridan. It's crazy. Funny. Yeah. Anyways, who's Margot Robbie's doppelganger? Uh, hold on. Sorry, uh, I don't know. It was just like I had a picture. I'll show you right now. Okay. Margot Robbie's doppelganger. It was um, Samara Weaving. Hmm. Okay. She looked. She looked. I guess like her. Um, like in one of like the pictures they took together or something. Okay. All right. So yeah. Um. Yeah, and that becomes like it's like almost like a cautionary tale. Like you can see a tale, like an oral, like an oral story of um, one generation telling the younger one about that. You know the the troop of thieves, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like that whole scene. And yeah, I yeah, I like I found this guy. Uh, Dev Patel is his real name, right? Those characters. Name. Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah, uh, Garwin. I felt Garwin's like, I like Gawain. Gawain. I, yeah, like I really did not like this chud asshole dude. You know, in today's world, he might um go to the gym a lot to prove something, <laughs> yeah. kind of guy. Um, yeah, and and totally, yeah, and he looks like the too late for the round table kind of generation. Also, like he wants a seat at the round table mm. that he will never really properly fit in. Because all all the legend and stories have already come and passed, um, you feel all that I think, and I kind of like it's hard for me to be on. Well, he's the main actor, so you're on his side in a sense. Like you wanna, you want him to succeed overall, and I did the whole time, but I didn't yeah. like him as a person, which I think is part of the whole thing. Like I had mixed feelings about the man himself, like his actions, his decisions, the way he was living before he took this challenge. And yeah. the king, you know, knew, like, like, oh, this kid is so stupid. Doesn't I mean? No one rose up to the occasion of the challenge for a reason, um, or hesitated at least for a reason. And this kid's like, oh, like, I knew right away, having not remembered at all where this move, where the story was going to end up, mm-hmm. and having not remembered how this whole challenge started. You know, the Green Knight burst into this thing. And, you know, uh, starts this challenge, this game, right? This strike, and then one year hence, right? 
and it's such an old-fashioned game, you know. But uh, anyway, whatever it happens, and I knew right away, like, just cut off his hand, or not even that, just punch him. No, so yeah, so I so when it happens, I go to I go to Danny, and I was like, why don't you just I go. Why would he do that when he does that? When he does what he does, right? Yeah. I go, why would he do that? I go, why wouldn't he just like, I would have just nicked him like on the side. I would have yeah. nicked his shoulder. I would have nicked his shoulder and be like, oh, I hit you. Have a good day. Like, that's it. I go, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, because I would have seen, in this kind of tale, that would have been like a way to outsmart him in the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, he did the thing that Green Knight, that the Green Knight wanted him to do. Of and that's why he, he was so elated. Yeah. And and satisfied with his reaction, but it's almost like it, it you know, reminds me of that. Um, this is another fictional tale within a tale. That yeah. story in um, the Beetle and Bard from the Harry Potter, uh-huh. like how uh, how they kind of trick Death and then Death tricks them back, and you know that whole thing about like, yeah, it's not really anything. It's guy just hid for the rest of his life and embraced Death. You know, it's like it feels like it's old fashioned weird way to win this game. Yeah, um, just nick him. Like that's the way to disappoint him, yep. um, but also win the game, and probably yeah. the the respect of your peers. Honestly, yeah, this weird keep... nature night thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just such a I, I I don't know. I just don't know enough. I feel like I'm missing a lot too. Like you said, I, f- I feel so too. But it was it was but it, overall it's cool. And then the the quest starts. Like the year passes by too fast. I like the title cards for the chapters. I like mm-hmm. how they kind of blend in as a sentence almost. Um, yeah. I did like that stylistic choice. I did, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, that didn't go part. That didn't make me. That didn't make you feel like an old fashioned thing either. It was just like a great way to separate the little stories, right? But then, um, within his journey, I really, what I really fell in love with was the ending, or the third act. Let's just call it the third act. Uh, is that from when the Lord's House and then on? I would say after that. Um, okay. I was confused in the Lord's house. You were confused in the Lord's house, motherfuckers. I didn't even know what happened. Yeah, no, uh, I was confused in the Lord's house. The, the one before that, was, that uh, with the that head was, of the girl and shit. Yeah. that was that was cool. I like that. No, idea. that was cool. Yeah, I would say the Lord's house is probably the most confusing for me in the movie, and it lost me the most. Yeah, and me too. Then, and then after that, um, I agree with uh, that whole part was kind of cool. And I have a weird theory; it doesn't hold up at all. But I had a theory when the movie was taking place, um, and I was like, I was curious as to if it was going to go there, but it was, it didn't go there. I'll, I'll talk to more about that later. Okay. Well, we could probably get into spoilers right now, then, if you want. Yeah, I, I would say we we're kind of like edging it onto it anyway. Yeah, we are. So let's get into spoilers for the Green Knight, just so we can talk freely about it starting right now. Oh, greatest of kings, indulge me in this friendly Christmas game. Let whichever of your knights is boldest of blood and wildest of hearts step forth, take up arms, and try with honor to land a blow against me. Whomsoever nicks me shall lay claim to this my arm. Its glory and riches shall be thine. But thy champ must bind himself to this. Should he land a blow, then one year and yuletide hence, he must seek me out yonder, to the green chapel, six nights to the north. He shall find me there and bend a knee and let me strike him in return, be it a scratch on the check or a cut in the throat. I will return what was given to me, and then in trust and friendship we shall part. 
So what did your mom mention? Why? Why would you chop his head off? Like, just why? Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid. Like, you, he's clearly putting his head there. Every, like, no one wants to tell him because he's dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no one wants to tell him because at the same time, like, you don't want to make him look uh, less than, right? You, mm-hmm. It's a very honorable thing, right? Yeah, it probably has some of that mixed in there. Yeah, it's a mix of that. And the fact that, like... He never got spoken to until just recently by the king, which is his uncle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, obviously, right. just like he's obviously just been playing the cohorts of the fact that, well, I'm the uncle, I'm the I'm the nephew of the king, right? I'm gonna be a knight eventually once I get my act together, which is never, right? Yes. <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just like, and then, well, you have your moment of you want glory, right? You want to be honorable. You want to be a knight. Okay, this is a perfect opportunity. This is literally a gift, right? Um, to do something, and then you all you needed to do was think. And even the king said, "Remember, it's just a game. Like, just like you don't have to, like, don't." It's just basically telling you, like, don't overthink it. Just like, just listen to what he said. You should have just hit him. Like, <laughs> it's so yeah. stupid. Um, but my thing is, um, so you remember that uh, my my quick like dumb theory that I thought was going to happen because remember when he. Um, Gets captured by uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the scavenger, the mm-hmm. Barry Cogan. Yeah. Um. He uh, he's uh, he sees that 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 was a cool three sixty view of his body, like dead, because he's like what he thinks would have happened or whatever. That's what it ends up being. Yes. Like he could just die there. I thought it was more like a alternate. Like uh, these are moments in time where he would have died. Do you know that part of the crossing of the road? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a dead body there, like caught in a cage. That would have been. I, I feel like if I watch the movie again, I could probably see like snippets of. Oh, that's his clothing in there, or partially of his clothing. And he got caught somewhere, and he's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I see like his dead body everywhere, um, and it's all moments of the time where he would have failed it, but everything is leading to where he doesn't fail. Obviously, right? Something pushes him towards it, but there's moments of like, why well, already failed in like a different dimension here? Because I died because I didn't do this right. Because I died because I didn't do this right here. Because I died because I didn't do this right. It's one of those things. Um, I thought that was what was going on because I, I felt like it almost that, happened. No, that, that, I think that is, you're right, you're right on the money in there. Am I? Yes. I don't think that's a bad theory. I mean, I'm oh. not sure. It feels very intentional in the movie, honestly. Yeah, so that's what I thought. Cause it just I mean, it, because it's all like foreshadowing the, the third act. Yeah, so that's that what I thought. whole especially. fucking thing, you know. Yeah, no, no shit, right. Of his future. That, but yeah. see, then when the third act happens, and we're in the future, and all these things, and all these crazy stuff, where basically Dave Patel doesn't talk anymore, um, <laughs> like, uh, uh, which is, it is true, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all that stuff, he, like, until he gets back with the Green Knight, I was like, oh, it was just, like, all in his head. Like, it was just, oh, so it was, like, it was just me thinking hypotheticals but i did think i was talking to danny about it i just couldn't articulate too well and he was like i just think you're overthinking it and i was like am i though i was like i just i felt really weird um that's my little theory like um about it i guess yeah no no i believe uh you're 100 right i was i thought the same thing um and i didn't think of it in the in the sense of that cage early earlier on in his in his in his uh trip but uh, i did think of it when um he sees his dead body um, tied up by that tree. 
Yeah. Like the idea that these this, uh, these thieves or whatever would leave him there. They were always planning on leaving him there if they hadn't left or whatever. Or left his sword behind, right? Um, yeah, and it does seem like... Uh, and I don't know what it means in the, in the context of the, of the story, like what it's trying to say, because it could mean different things. It, it, I think the way we're thinking about it might be wrong in the sense like maybe it's... Um, Maybe it's uh, his uh, foreshadowing of what he's going to see that leads him to his actual death. It could be like for himself. It could be um, how he's being saved from all these potential deaths by this challenge mm-hmm. of the Green Knight because he's not ready because he's not he hasn't made his destination yet. Right, that's like I I had like a, a inkling thought about that. Yeah, where it's like he has to, like, no matter what happens to him, he's gonna make his destination because he owes it to the Green Knight. Right, like it's almost like it's part of the game. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Ah, man, I'm I'm glad my brain. Like, it's funny we were. I mean, we obviously think similarly, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it makes sense. We watch a lot of the same shit. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true too, but uh, and I, maybe I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe our our, our thesis in this are very much unpopular or not really yeah. that that much thought of. But I I mean, felt really obvious to me. Um, yeah. yeah, so it could be those things. Um, I'm probably leaning towards the the latter. Like his challenge must be met in time, roughly, and he made it in time and everything. Actually, with time to spare, like whole night before, I think. Um, yeah, and. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the whole thing with um, is it Joel Edgerton's character? I forgot. Uh, the, the whole thing in that big ass fucking castle. Yeah, the Lord. Yeah, the Lord. I have no. I don't know what's going on there at all. Why is? I mean, that was Alicia Vikander. Right. Okay. I I don't know what that means. I don't know what he... I knew what he wanted, like mm-hmm. the deal he made. Like, I'll catch great game for you in exchange that whatever you learn or get from this place, mm-hmm. you relinquish to me. I get that. That's his way of, like, siphoning off his true desires of whatever makes that place special or a mystery or magical. I get that. Um, just the rest I don't. At all, none of yeah. those scenes I get. No, um, I, I just felt like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that either. At some point, I gave up in some of those scenes and those conversations, or just staring off into nothing. I'm like, I'm just not gonna think about this anymore until I yeah. can understand something again. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't get it. Besides the fact that obviously it was, I mean, Alicia Vikander was there as like the lady or whatever, right, mm-hmm. of the manor, and. And it have it just happened to be obviously like the doppelganger of his, the girl that he the the, the horror the if that's what she was sure, right that's just it just looked like it right it was, that's I, what I this, don't know <laughs> but you're like I don't know <laughs> I don't know I don't know if it was if it was her or a twin I have no idea right well it just felt like if it just felt like I was I I feel like it was almost done on purpose as in like he just he just saw. Somebody who who happens to look like her, or maybe it was meant to be look like her. Right? I mean, it was her, obviously, as the actress. But yeah, somebody who was meant to look like her, 
to get him to be like, well, hey, to entice him, you know, to make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? So almost like it was almost like a place of to keep him there. It was like a really weird. Oh, no, like, I did oh, feel that. It did feel that way, and I can see what you're saying there, like a siren of type, like a siren. Yes, type. yeah, yeah. And uh, I just don't like. know what was the reason of. It was like there was two different reasons, like the Lord and the Lady, because that's what their names are in the, in the movie. The the Lords was like whatever you get out of here, um, give to me, and I'll make sure whatever you, whenever you leave, you leave well well worth it, right? I'm mm-hmm. paying you for basically whatever you're getting from there, right? And what she wanted from him in there was almost like the same thing, but without getting the only thing getting in return was pleasure, I guess, right? I guess it was um, like, but it was weird. It was like, what was the point of the the mom being there blindfolded or the old lady? I don't even know who she is. Like, there's a lot. I of thought things. it was the the queen, but I couldn't tell. You thought it was the queen. I thought so for a minute. I got it. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, but yeah. for, for that first scene, and that was the queen. Yeah, I just don't know who that is. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't even know. I can get. I can just fucking spitball theory. Sure, like what you just right. Said. Well, that's what I'm doing. I, I have just, no idea. I'm spitballing because I mean, like, what you that's said what sounded I took out of pretty it. plausible, but it still doesn't explain other scenes in there either. Um, right. And I just, I really, I'm gonna have to read up on that. I have not uh, reviewed any. Um, have not researched this movie at all for fear of you know like we like I usually do I don't like listen to reviews and stuff or or yeah. whatever on on stuff until I review it myself so that way it comes off unfortunately very crass in my case because I don't know what the fuck's going on but also yeah. you know genuine um, as to what I think of the movie um, which is why I often think of movies differently months later because I I watch it again or I research on it I'm like oh okay or oh no that makes it worse you know or whatever. Um. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll see. Time will tell on that one. But I do want to know what the fuck's going on there. I definitely want to see a few videos or something. Um. Uh, I think this movie is really primed for a uh, video essay too. <laughs> That's it's gonna be some good video essays probably out there. Yeah. This movie. So I will check it out for that. But I hope I can't wait for an explanation of this. But moving on from that point because we just don't know enough. Um. Is uh, what do you think of the fox? So this comes from the earlier story of the lady, right? And that he saves the head of and that from that pond. Um, yes. She turns into a fox or whatever you want to call it, the spirit fox. What it's like a spirit animal, or if you want to call it that, they don't call it that, but feels like it is. Mm-hmm. What what do you think is going on there, especially after the whole Lord thing, Lord and Lady scenes? Um, it's released, right? Catch the mm-hmm. game, like oh, I found this fox and trapped and stuff. Releases it to her, to him. And this whole thing with her warning him to not get on the boat, mm-hmm. to go downstream. What what do you think of that scene? I, I thought it was like a you're not ready kind of scene. Hmm. Okay. Um I thought it was like a like a you you're you're not ready. Um that's like one perspective I took from it. Mm-hmm. And then I after the that was when I was watching the movie. Like you're not ready. You're not you're you're just you're going in unprepared kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the movie, I thought it was more of a... More of a... How should I put You don't have to play his game. Okay, yes. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. So that's... that's Thinking it, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I had two different thoughts. I had to wait for the movie to be over to be like, oh, that scene is more of a... You're not... 
yeah, why are you playing his game? You don't have to. You're literally here. Don't play it. Like, you're, you're saying you want to do it for honor to make you an honorable knight or whatever, but just, just come back and be like, Make yeah, it, it's a genuine quest, right? How do you say no to a genuine quest? Exactly. But is a genuine quest coming out of your stupidity, though, and it's not, and it's also very just to you. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like a quest to, I don't know, save the maiden fair or someone stole from the king, right? Um, right. And you have to go retrieve it. That's something else. Seems like more worthwhile reasons to be on missions slash quests. Sorry, quests, not missions. It's a big difference back then. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it does. I feel like it's that way. And um, at the time, though, I did. It did feel like it felt more personal. I felt like the fox didn't want to um, lose him as their only companion. It felt more selfish, I guess, more personal and felt selfish. It did, first. and and I also but, yeah. didn't didn't notice that it was the fox was was the girl. Hmm. I always thought it was the mother. The the mother, his mother. Yeah. Oh 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 oh! Really, the witch. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I fuck! I forgot to think about her—the witch thing, the witch <laughs> angle. There's a fucking witch angle in this thing too. Yeah, I don't even know what to ask there either. That's there's a lot of magic in this world that the world's totally cool with. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, totally cool with, or or some things are clearly forbidden by the yeah. way people are slinking around. But like, uh-huh. otherwise, I don't know. I, and I'm also just as confused about the witch angle, honestly, mm-hmm. as I am with the lord and lady stuff. Me and you both. Yeah, I, I just don't know 100%. Like, I feel like, I, you know, it's a little more graspable than maybe other things. But like, I don't know what I'm grasping at. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like the answer is simpler, I guess, as I'm trying to say. With the witch thing, I just don't get it yet. Mm. Um, right, no, that's a good, I never thought of that. The fox being the way I was just immediately the nature of the language of the film, I guess, made me really not think anything twice on the fact that it was the, the lady from the castle. Yeah, the dead lady, the ghost lady, whatever. Um, but yeah, that whole the whole kicking her off thing. Now, when he yells at her, uh-huh. and then she sinks off into the forest, right? Forever parted ways. Do you, okay, I I feel it in my bones that. He is that's like another youthful outburst of his inability to control his emotions and read the scene. And that's and he drove literally his one friend away. Yeah. yeah. Right. But at the same time, like I have to ask in case, because I could still be wrong, did he drive her away on purpose? Um had you know, because he had gained that- he gained something. And along the way, he's had like three, four different encounters. Very weird yeah, people. But. I honestly think, um, so like just thinking about it now after everything, um, I honestly feel like it wasn't on purpose. I just don't think he's that smart or that clever. I just think he honestly was more of a he. He didn't know how. He doesn't know how to react. He doesn't know how. And then he, and then in in a, in a bird of rage or whatever and just being angry because he he's being asked these questions he's being you know taught lessons that he's barely understanding he doesn't even know who what he wants to be he just has an image of what he thinks he should be right or he thinks he should have Mm -hmm. but like it's all like stuff that he just thinks he should already have you know what i'm saying and it's like so for him to do that it was more i i just still feel like it's more it's just a bit of like it was just a rage thing, and like he wouldn't know how to apologize, or he wouldn't even know how to mend that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I guess I overall agree that he was 
being a dumbass, but like, yeah. just, you know, just in case should be asked because I feel like I can see someone believing that the other one too. Yeah, the other reason. I sure. Gave. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Unless there's some other, other third reason that I haven't thought of yet. Um, but yeah, that was like his last chance for sure to get out in a way, even though he had the, what do you call it? The, the, the slash, the, 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 the item, the, the, the item that would have kept him alive. If he keeps it above his waist, right? That whole thing. Yeah, how did that work? Well, how did it work magical. that he got it back? I have no idea. Don't do not ask me that. I have no idea. There's some there's some weird time skipping going on with the thief and the and the whole thing with the Lord and Lady that led right. him to get that. There's thing. like I just like, like that's, that's where the movie I don't know like that's where the movie like loses me and makes me feel like less than you know like for not understanding. And it's just like yep, a lot of I, things. Yeah, that's that's like I guess that's like the problem with the movie because um, it does make me feel like that. You know, and I, I, I don't nobody wants to feel like that, and I don't want to go into a movie like that either. Hmm. Um, no, no, man. I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea. And I was, I was just as lost and frustrated. I mean, I just let it go because it's like, well, how did he get the axe back? You know, yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. When he, yeah, to yeah, the axe thing, <laughs> right? So, like, just like little things, also like that. Um, and then the whole thing about above the wasting, like, it's funny because I guess he would have. What would have happened if he got if he did get stricken, or is it? Because he had the sash around his waist, that he made the decision to run away and not play the game anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's where we get to very right, interesting so, part because, like, if he feared not feared death, why was he wearing the sash? Hmm. Well, he right. also did dismiss the sash too before that in a different right. scene. He like, tells the Green Knight, "It's just a thing, right?" Right. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> it is fascinating to that's where it gets interesting because that's where he's like really questioning his like his will and he's questioning mm-hmm. himself a lot and and th- those reactions are very yes they're punitive they are fucking youthful they're stupid and they're all these things but they're coming from a place of him questioning real questions about himself trying like he's trying to grow at the worst time I guess. Um, He's trying to grow at the worst time. As a person, right? Like at the worst time. Um, you know, and um, and then we get into this whole fucking scene where I thought, I really did, I was bamboozled. I did not know that they were going to come back, right? Where he becomes king, you know, and all this stuff with the kid and taking the kid and the whole tore up scene with the whore or whatever she is, and then marrying that other girl politically. Politically, sorry. Um, all this stuff happens, and the, the and the people vault against them, rise against them. The the the, the dregs, right? The, his citizens, whatever you call it. All that stuff that leads to everyone abandoning him, right? Very Michael Corleone in a way, where like he's you know as rich and powerful as he was, he died alone, kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And it's very cool, and I loved it. I loved it when it came back. Loved it. I love that scene. And his smash cuts back, and his decision becomes clear. Takes off the sash, slice, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that, but I do not know <laughs> what it means necessarily. What he was, I, I it think... feels like it feels like he was doubting the magic of the sash. Like, it, oh it yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean, I just feel like when he got that like flash forward, mm-hmm. right? 
of like what his life would be, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't, I, I don't want that, right? And it made sense. I mean, I mean, that's kind of shitty because it was a kind of a shitty life. It looked like he was just going through the motions his whole life, like the rest of his life, anyway. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, I, I like the ending. It works out for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it it is a payout in the end, which is a good thing. But uh, yeah, but it does. It was very much like he doesn't believe in the sash, the power of the sash. Even though I he wore know, it all his life, he wore it <laughs> exactly. Well, for a while though, I thought that um, you know, because he, he he cowers from the Green Knight, runs away, but he keeps the sash on. So does it become like um? Like a hopeful thing, like a reminder thing, like his uh, his penance to always wear it, always be reminded of his decision to not honor the challenge, this game, this game that he should have taken less seriously in the beginning, or the way or the way that people told him to take it or whatever. And like, was it that? Was it a symbol? Was it um actually was it felt to be power? Did he feel like if he takes it off, he dies right away? Like something happens to him, like his head will just detach from his neck. Like, you know, I mean, that's why we like that part of the ending of that whole flash forward alternate universe thing. Um, was just thinking of all that, too. Yeah. And uh, among other things, but that, other things that I was more confused, like the witch mother and stuff, which I don't really get still. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it was just very cool. Very cool ending. It made me think a lot, even though I don't know where it all went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel the same way. I yeah. do it. 100%. Yeah, anyway, that's it. I think that's all I got. I mean, I really don't... I really need to see more stuff on this, for sure, and uh, revi- revisit this movie, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would revisit this movie. It's not that like this movie was so confusing it was bad. It was just so confusing that I don't know why it's good yet. 100, 100% of it. Not because I, I think, dude, the parts that I do get was very good. It was very good. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to check it out again. So, uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no. Very cool. I think I've said what I've said. That is our thoughts. Those are our thoughts on the Green Knight. Hopefully not too rambling, but we were trying to figure out literally as we're sitting here. You get genuine reactions here, folks. Um, anyway, stay with us, though. We're going to come back and do another quick review. Not quick. Review of a movie called Drive, a 10-year anniversary marathon we're doing of uh, certain movies we're going to pick here. And uh, Drive is next. So check it out. Stay with us. This is something off to the side, Bernie. I didn't want to involve you in this. Well, I'm involved now. I'm going to tell you something. Anybody, anybody finds out you stole from the family, we're both dead. What fucking family? The family who still calls me a fucking kike? To my face? Yeah, I'm 59 years old, Bernie. They still pinch my cheek like I'm some fucking kid. Bam. The money always flows up, Izzy. You know that. That's why this driver's got to go, Bernie. He's got to go. Your pal Shannon. I mean, these are the only two guys who can tie me to this robbery.
your turn to clean up after me. A mysterious Hollywood stuntman and mechanic moonlights as a getaway driver and finds himself in trouble when he helps out his neighbor. So why you're not neighborly? Um, <laughs> this is the whole cautionary tale. Right, no shit, right? This is the 10th anniversary of Drive. Um, uh, directed by uh, Nicholas Winding uh, Refn, right or Ref? Uh, Winding. Winding. My apologies. It might be even Winding, but I'm not sure. Mm, who cares? He's, he's like Norwegian or something. I don't know. Um, that's why I said who cares. Um, for, it's a book by James Salas, uh, mm-hmm. but the screenplay by Hossein Amini or Hossein, yeah. um, starring uh, Ryan Gosling. Not Gosling. I'm just kidding. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, Brian Cranston before. Um, Brian Cranstoning. Um, well, you think but before Breaking Bad, before all the big Brian Cranstoning, everything you know, like all the a bunch of shit. Okay. Um, Albert Brooks, Oscar Isaac. Um, His first role uh, I've ever seen him in. This is my first movie. Yeah, I think so. Me too. Uh, Ron Perlman, uh, Christina Hendricks, which I didn't even realize it was her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so uh, that's about it. That's we really need to pay attention to here. Um, I always love me some good Ron Perlman, though. I love his voice. I love his gravitas overall. All right. So you like the that biker movie, biker show he was on, Sons of Anarchy? Uh, yeah, it's fucking great. I never finishes though, but I know. I did it. Did I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it ain't bad for him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be one hundred percent bad for him. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, Drive. This is. Uh, I mean, ten year anniversary. Worthy choice, Ralph, because I I I love this movie. Yeah, I remember you. I remember, so I remember you liking it a lot, and um, when it came out, I remember, and it was like uh, it was like Ryan Gosling's like one of his uh, big big movies, right? Am I correct? Yeah, it's one of the first I've seen him. Now I had seen him before this in a movie called uh, United States of Leland, which is an indie movie that made it to Sundance, and I think he was a hit based saw, on that. And I saw that one, too. and then from there comes movies like Drive and stuff for him. So, like, yeah, yeah, made yeah. him for sure. All these movies were the stepping stones to make him a star to be in La La Land and shit like that, right? Exactly, very much mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah, um, Half Nelson, Half Nelson, uh, yes, he played a teacher in that movie. Yeah, I, I, was, right, so. I saw a lot of Ryan Gosling movies. I mean, it was a perfect time for me to watch a lot of movies, especially a lot of new movies, mm-hmm. uh, indie movies, because um, I just graduated college, my film school in 2011. Yeah, so like. Yeah, I still had all my film friends, and we were doing projects. We were doing yeah. a lot of, um, what you, not just projects, but like, uh, what do you call it, commercials, and we were doing um, festivals, like little indie festivals. And, we, you know, so this movie came out in the midst of all that, and we are all fucking all over that movie, man. We were all over it. I bet you were. Yeah. Um, it's a cool movie that, <laughs> it's weird that he has this uh, stuntman job in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like, it's so meta. Anyways, um, so meta. <laughs> this is really was funny. he the stuntman in his own movie? Right. Should probably look that up. I don't think we should, so. Actually, we should have. Right? I don't <laughs> know about that. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but the the movie overall, though, I uh, it's a small. It's just a quick like. Um, it, it's really just a simple simple story, simple problem. You know, um, it's literally a guy who just wants to do right by somebody right he wants to help but he doesn't he only helps in the only way he can and it's it's and it's just like it's it's just a shitty situation he's putting he ex- the problem with him is that he expects people to 
do the right thing. I honestly don't even know if we know we can know that. We don't know anything in this guy's mind, really. Right? No, no, no. But I, that's what that's what yeah. it needs to be, right? And for especially from a guy who's so stoic, right? Um, who's just very. I mean, I don't know. I think his fucking lines in the movie are maybe half a page long. Like yeah. uh, the, the amount of words he says. Um, it's just disgustingly short. He speaks very little, but you can obviously, you obviously say, you know, he has a past, like a fucking crazy past. Yeah, no one's uh, this good at this stuff without. No having... one's this good at everything he does without having <laughs> everything a crazy he past. Does. Well, no, I'm being serious, like because right. even um, you find out that he's just the fucking, and I'm like, I mean, I, I don't care if we're in spoilers. It's a ten year old. No, movie. yeah, that's a, yeah, no, we're not gonna have a spoiler. Right, no, I know, I know right. that. So I'm just I'm saying, but yeah. uh, it's just like you find out that he's like he's a stone cold motherfucker when it comes to like, he knows how to handle himself in a, in a, in a shitty situation. He -hmm. knows how to, he knows how to handle weapons. He knows how to handle, he knows, uh, how to, how to problem solve real quick. Old boy. Uh, he's old boy. Yeah. He, uh, he knows how to, um, he, he very much is always aware of his surroundings. As a man, he's always paying attention to it. He's very quiet, obviously. But he's also like a guy who obviously just wants something simple in life, which is, I don't know, I guess, just the, the platonic relationship of something, you know? Mm-hmm. A nucleus family, um, a, 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 a future, so a life worth living. You know? Yeah, I could probably see that. So that's what that's what, but that's like the most I can get out of it from a guy who's giving us well, next to nothing in information. It might be even simpler than that. I know for a fact that it's from he is an archetype. I know that's a, he's a Western archetype. Yes. He is a man with no name. That's what oh, he yeah. is. That's very much so. Yeah, and uh, just like those old movies, like the old westerns that that's based on that this uh-huh. movie bases that on is um, you're not supposed to know about history. You're never no. gonna. You're never you're gonna never know to, yeah. where he's from, what he's learned, what he's been through. Why he's so good at he's what he's doing, what code he has. You know he has a code. You just don't know exactly what that is. Exactly. You just yeah, know exactly. some of it. Yeah. You know, all that's part of the charm of this character as a as a as a as a as a trope, I guess, as an archetype for a movie, and uh, what makes me so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we will never know the questions, um, but they are fascinating to ask. Like sure. I could totally see him having kids, and the kids asking him questions, and mm-hmm. he never answers them. Yeah. Right, and then like. When he passes away, some random person comes up and tells you everything about him, and he goes, "I never knew that about my dad." Right. He's like, "Yeah, he would never tell you that." It's very kind of was pink. What? <laughs> right. <don't> know what? <laughs> he hated scorpions. What? <laughs> what? What was he at scorpions so he could be better? <laughs> what? Be better. Makes no sense. Right. Yeah, that alacran. That you know, that felt like I know it was a scorpion, but every time I look at it, I think alacran. Because it feels so Mexican. It does. The way jacket. it looks and the whiteness of the All fabric. All he needs is a golden gun when he's golden. He's like, wow. might as well be cartel. Wow. Yeah, no, no. It felt like a cartel. Like I felt like that's like the only history we know of him is that he was once part of a cartel because of the fucking jacket. <laughs> right. It feels so Durango and fucking Mexico and shit. No, it does. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you. And it's funny because like, it's like the flashiest thing he owns. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so flashy, but he pulls yeah. it off like he's like just walking normally. He pulls it off like he's like just a normal guy walking around in a bopper jacket that has a nice flesh. It's all white, pearl white, and a scorpion in the back. Like what the fuck? Like it's like random. 
Like yeah, and yeah, and for all we know, he just saw it in some shop in El Paso and just fucking bought it. That's it. Yeah, right, exactly. For all we, that's the whole point. I don't for know. For all we know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very cool. I just this is a um, capital C cool movie. It's meant to be cool. It's meant to be seen as cool. It has one of my honestly, if we ever do like if we ever rank or do like reviews of the best movie openings of all time, this movie is in my top ten, hundred yeah. percent openings. Not just because of the badass fucking song with the with the oh, with the music the, credits. I think, yeah. That's oh, great. and the fucking I never seen LA look so beautiful because LA looks like a piece of shit, honestly. Um, yeah. but it makes LA look fucking badass and it looks beautiful. And that music and the font with the purple font, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But before that, obviously, we get the whole very tense getaway driving with the cops and stuff. Oh my god, that was so good. That is visual storytelling. Just like, yeah. the, like, like the green light we were talking about that. All visual storytelling. Um, obviously not all of it, just I'm talking, but like overall, it's so good. And his like stoic phase, you know, like, you know, this guy means business. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Quick thinks his way out and in and out of situations in the moment. It's so good. One of my best driving scenes ever. My favorite driving scenes ever. Yeah. Uh, goes also to this movie for that opening. Just in the opening. So, it's yeah. crazy how uh, his driving isn't like it's flashy. There's nothing flashy about nope. it. It's it's so it's just those it's just done right. Everything he needs to do is done executed properly. And uh, yeah, what the I mean, transporter wishes what he was. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, the transporter you gotta you gotta show everything. Everything has to be flashy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very much so. Um, what he does, it's crazy. Although, I mean, I do take that back a little bit, because The Transporter is a cool movie. But, like, you know, not as cool as this one. I'm sorry. This one, I don't know. In my opinion, this guy kind of beats him. Um, huh? Yeah, but this movie is uh, technically a love story also. Technically a love uh, story. Love yeah. is the one thing that will bring you down, so to speak. Also, like, the way it leads to all the events that it does. And, you know, him, him choosing to help standard mm-hmm. right <laughs> random uh plays such a skis ball oscar isaac yeah he does um it's like it's a recurring role for him yeah no i mean yes and no he definitely stopped doing that for a while like it's it's funny that we've had 10 years of oscar isaac it feels like we've had him longer it really does because he's done so many different types of characters different ages yeah. Like, think of Ex Machina. You think of uh, when he played that mobster guy. I forgot the name of him. A very violent year or something like that. Um, other And Star Wars? Yeah, like, right. He looks younger in those movies than in the Star Wars ones. And this came after. He's like, <laughs> he still sucks to me. Yeah. His energy is just, just uh, is great and is when he wants to. Um, or whatever the role is. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. We've had 10 years of Oscar Isaac, and it feels like he's been, been more of a staple. That's just much. That's how iconic he's become. Um, yeah, yeah, he's great though. He plays a skis ball, and like he tries to do right because by doing right by him is doing right by the you know the girl he likes. Yeah. Um, and I, I both like and wish that definitely that more was resolved as far as um who she was dating while this fucker was in prison. But that doesn't get. It's not about that. It's not a drama like that. It's barely even a drama. Um, even the drama is there, but it's more like conflict than it is drama. And he gets stuck in this fucking ro- roped into with these criminals who don't know better, you know, and all because of this fucking bullshit pride gangster shit 
portrayed by Ron Perlman. Yeah. It's a great it's a great fucking loop around to you know it feels like uh how it must have felt like in nineteen what year was it? Nineteen ten? I don't remember anymore. Nineteen twelve. Uh when World War One is happening. Uh-huh. Uh one country, right, assassinates the king of this other country and then um and like shit. All these other countries are like, Oh, we have contracts with them. We have to help them, I guess. So they start bombing that one original country, but like, oh wait, you guys can't bomb this country because they they're with us, so we have to bomb you. It's like this weird thing, and then suddenly, like everyone has to like kill everyone in order right. to like. <laughs> oh, it's just so. And Nemo's dad is like he's in that situation. You know what's his name? I forget his real name. Bite the car, the stock car. I, I like them. He's like my favorite character. That says, I mean that. that, that uh, he's definitely the most level header. Uh, Bernie Rose, Rose. But yeah. the actor's Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks, yeah. I've never seen Albert Brooks be so badass in my entire... He, he cannot... Before this movie, I would never... I would say he can never be a badass in anything. No, he but this plays, one, I fucking does a great job. <laughs> I think he does a very good job. Yeah. He's the most level-headed. He looks like he fucking grew up learning a lot of lessons kind of thing, and his fucking partner doesn't. And he still acts like a child, so everything's a joke to him. Bullshit. You know, bullshit shit. You see a lot of this in The Sopranos with the with the gangsters um, as they meet and die or live or bring new ones in. You see a lot of that in the especially even in the old ones too, who don't learn those lessons. You know, make those mistakes that brings everyone else down. All that shit's in this one movie um, based on this fucking driver. You know, it's great. It's great. It's also very stylistic. This movie also prefers style over substance, as 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 mechanical and as precise mm-hmm. as uh, as. Um, the man with no name is, right? He has no name, right? Driver. Um, the movie around him is super stylish from, you know, a bunch of, like, strip da- strip uh, strippers sucking, looking at him with no bras on, you mm-hmm. know, torturing this guy to, like, you know, that scene in the elevator where he has his one last, one lover's kiss before he bashes the guy's brains in. Like, it's all very stylized. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Just it has this perfect rhythm and flow to it. Obviously, it's the first time I've seen a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. Actually, no, I had seen his Pusher movies by then, but no one had seen them. So, uh, but it was his first breakout hit for sure. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, you know, after that, he's definitely devolved to himself a lot because some of his movies are hit or miss after that. But yeah, you know, it works out. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I I I hundred percent agree. It is funny that. Um, like uh, what's called the Bernie or Albert Brooks's character, he um, he's just like, like problem solving. It's funny because he's like, I wish it would have worked out, and it could have. Like we could have worked it out had everybody had I been the the, the guy to get the news right away, and he probably would have worked it all out. And mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. very much so. He's like, but he even says it to uh, what's his name, his character, uh, Tonino, so Rob Robbins. He's like, why did you have to do that? Right, like for stupid shit. He's like, we could have just fucking fixed this. Like. It just would like I don't understand. Yeah, he probably never would have had that second car try to kill them as they left the the pawn shop, for example, or hire them to do it this way. You know, this right. whole this exactly. whole you always back money for protecting you in prison bullshit, which which I know is real happens, but like the way it ha- like it's the, the it's the skeeziness, the the clearly mistrust nature of every single deal that goes on. Right. That 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 fucks all that up. Yeah, and obviously you know. Uh, uh, Ryan Cranston's character, perfect, like, 
slippery oh, I, asshole kind of guy. I think uh, I think Bernie does a great job of describing Brian Cranston. Uh, Shannon, yeah. Shannon does a great job of uh, describing him, and he's just the guy who just doesn't have that much luck. He's just yeah, whatever he had is you know overcharged the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that's the difference right there. Like uh, when this guy, you know, this guy Bernie, right? He gets overcharged the shit out of him for this guy Shannon, who kind of he kind of likes, you know, kind of a, you know, whatever up and comer at the time when he meets him to do these these movies that he doesn't give a shit about because they're kind of sexy and they're fun. Um, and then his partner, when he tries to do that, and his partner, he, he break his legs forever. He has a forever limp now. Yeah, and like he loses a lot of opportunities based on that. And like, yeah, this guy who he likes, you know, he likes his style overall. Like, yeah. I let him charge me, overcharge me. I'm a gangster. I have money. It's not a big deal. But this guy takes it first. And that's the whole crux of the whole problem that comes later. Yeah. Is that this guy would steal from bigger mobs from Philadelphia because he's trying to prove something to nobody, really. Yeah. Um, it's just great. It's a great little foreshadowing bit, actually. Yeah, I really yeah. like uh, every character is great in this movie. And Kevin Mulligan, who who is, the, I guess, the truest innocence, him, her and her and her kid. Yeah. In this movie, I wish they had more, you know, but they really, the movie isn't about them. She is the, um, like a classic, because this movie is simple, right? The story is simpler. Like, this doesn't, um, there's no complicated nature. Like, it's for the girl. You know, that's it. Yeah. She's there. She must be helped. That's it. You know. And obviously, when death comes literally to her elevator door, he responds. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um the fucking through the brutality of that elevator scene is fucking crazy. Or when Christina That's, Hendricks is shot in the face, with that shotgun. Yeah, yeah no, she is. She yeah. is. Yeah. Well, that's what he reacts to so well. Like, yeah. But the, just like that one elevator scene, though, when he kisses her, and mm-hmm. then he fucking takes down the one guy. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like after this, she, like, she will never want to kiss me again. Kind of feel. Yeah, it was more like, uh, I have to do it here before I can't do it ever. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I felt like to me, but I might be wrong. No, no, I think we're similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very cool movie, very stylish. It fits our times. It mm-hmm. fits the time of 10 years ago, I think, very well. It does, yeah. So, yeah I would for... say it, it does per- portray a L.A., a side of L.A. that... I guess normally doesn't get portrayed by it. it's obviously there's traffic it's obviously there's movies going on mm. and stuff like that it just feels like this is the non flashy side of LA right yeah yeah I guess you um, see that yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say Tangerine also is a good job that movie does a really good job showing you the non flashy side of LA a lot of movies do I guess but overall most don't you're right um, uh, well I like uh, one good thing I, I forgot to mention it's just kind of cool. Um, a cool little head fake, not a twist because it's not a twist, but um, after the whole opening with the, him being a getaway driver and running off the cops and hiding in plain sight with all the group of baseballers and stuff, uh, baseball fans. Um, after that, you know, we see like one scene, I think, and then we see him in a cop's uniform. You know, and you're like, oh, shit, this fucker's a cop, you know, and they're like, oh, no, he's a stunt man. Going to this, like that was a cool hat fake. I really yeah, like yeah. It was. I was like, oh shit, that was my first thought. I remember thinking that in the movie theater back then. Yeah, because uh, he does look like he could be a cop. He pulled that role really. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess he could. But I was like, oh fuck, this guy's a fucking. Of course, he's a yeah. corrupt motherfucker. Um, but no, 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 he's not. Everything in his life is about driving. Even his honest job, his day job, his part time job, all about driving. 
Like this guy cannot get enough of driving. You know what I'm saying? I would say so. Cars is his life. They're his life. Yeah. Yeah. We're a cool movie. Highly recommend. Check it out. I don't know where it's available. Uh, I own it. So that's how I assume that's how you saw it, right? Through my iTunes. <clears throat> I'm sorry? I assume you saw it through my iTunes. Yeah, so I did. Yeah. So check it out though. I highly recommend it. Drive, one word. You'll never forget it. It's a fun movie. Anyway, uh, that is it for our review of Drive, and that's it for our show. You have been listening to this whole time to another movie podcast. Don't forget to check me out. If you wish to find um, my letterbox or uh, follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Armin Filmmaker, which is Filmmaker with A-R-M-E-N. Uh, Raf? You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Don Rafael, on the screen between the Rafa and the L. And um, you can follow me also on Twitch at Sutrama. I was like, where am I saying? On Twitch? Um, let's see here before, I mean, we should say also, I can't, I don't know why I almost forget this part, but remember we are a bi-weekly show. We, that means we come out every other weekend. So next time, um, and it should be said also that I'm going to try to fix our website because I did not know that our shows were not posting on our main website page, page, but it will be fixed. But either way, this can be downloaded regardless. Uh, we're also recording this kind of late. So it's coming out probably on Monday. Then it is on Sunday. So we're recording on Sunday. Actually, it's already Monday, technically. So it's all fucked up, really. Um, next time, we're gonna. I'm picking the movies. I'm gonna decide on um, one of them. We're gonna review is Reminiscence, which looks like a cool uh, sci-fi thriller, uh-huh. and that's I believe gonna be available on HBO Max at the same time it is in theaters. I double checked okay. that one. I know one of them is for sure. So we're gonna review. Yeah, it should be uh, HBO Reminiscence. Max, yeah. Yeah, it looks like fun. I forget who. Oh, yeah, you know who wrote and directed it is the the one of the co uh, one of the show creators of Westworld. So I guess it might be a little time bending. We'll see what it is. Yeah, uh, Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy, yes, right. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to review a movie that's going to be only in theaters, but it's going to come out. Uh, I think this coming weekend mm-hmm. is The Night House, which I, I know a little about too. And it looks like a thriller, maybe a horror type, and it looks like fun. I will, I never saw a trailer for it, but I saw, I read the description and the actors look pretty solid. So want to check it out. Hopefully, it's as good as it looks. The night house looks stylish too. Could be fun. And then, finally, out of all the, because I made a little list right of uh, mm-hmm. potential movies for our 10th anniversary that I could pick. Um, the two that I came down on was, I mean, it would have been three, but we did review Contagion. Mm-hmm. Because it came out 10 years ago. We did review Contagion last year when COVID was striking hard. Correct. Yeah. So luckily, I didn't have to choose between those three children. So <laughs> the two that I that I had trouble with was either Warrior, okay. the awesome UFC sports game movie, mm-hmm. or Take Shelter. And I obviously went with Take with Shelter, take shelter yeah, ultimately. Sure. Take Shelter, which... Uh, Brought on another great director to be that. That was the first time I saw his movie back then, and I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna watch this guy forever." And I have overall. I've seen all his other stuff after that. So yeah, take shelter, check it out. You can uh, find it probably to rent somewhere. I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere, but look it up. Maybe you'll find it. Um, so those are the three movies we're gonna review next time on the show. So um, that is it. That's all we got. So until then, I'm Oscar, and I'm Ralph. See you later. 
Coffee and pie. Coffee and pie? Oh my. You didn't hear it from me.